What's good, folks? Welcome back to the Blessed Beyond Measure podcast. I'm your host, Seal the Source. Thank you again for tuning in every single time. It means so much to me, and I hope that you are gaining as much value as possible from each episode. Thank you so much if you've shared, liked, supported in any type of fashion, um, and just you know showing love in a big way to the Blessed uh, the Blessed Beyond Measure podcast. It is supremely appreciated, and man, I can't thank y'all enough. And you guys give me all the motivation I need to keep going, keep growing. And, you know, without further ado, I really want to just break down this week's episode. I had a chance to speak to a, a dope dude that I met, man. Cool dude, real cool vibes. I mean, bro, it was a fun conversation. We really had a chance to kind of have like a Joe Rogan-esque type of uh, conversation where, you know, the conversation definitely went long. You know what I'm saying? So just giving you all a heads up. Um, my guest today is Wally Hippolito. Um, this dude is a fellow podcaster. He runs the Optus 2 podcast. He's also hosted a podcast in the past um, with, a, with a group of friends. Um, you know, hopefully they'll make a return and maybe make something happen with that too. But definitely go check out my guy's uh, podcast, Optus 2 podcast. It's a real dope podcast. I think you'll learn a lot and pick up a lot. Um, he has some real cool content on there for you that ranges from talks about culture, talks about society, talks about music, sports, I mean, real life shit, you know what I'm saying? It's just a dope conversation. And in today's conversation on the Blessed Beyond Measure podcast, Wally joins me. And honestly, man, this is like the first time we really talked. So full full disclosure, we just met like a week prior to recording and uh, it was just dope vibes. We really had a chance to connect and, and rap about some game and just you know, talk about life and talk about some of the things he's got going on. This man is not only a fellow podcaster, but he's also an aspiring comedian. He's done shows. Um, I'm not exactly sure how many times he's done shows, but he's done shows a lot. Uh, he's been on stage a lot of the time. And uh, it's just really inspiring because the dude is just going for it. And he's out there doing his thing. And he's a funny dude. And he can he actually has like a, a great personality. And uh, it was cool to catch up and talk to him and, and really get to know him and just have a dope conversation. This conversation is going to range from a whole you know different variety of, of, of subjects from you know a little bit of politics not too much because you all know me man I don't really like talk about politics too much um we talk about you know just like mental health shit talk about the comedian shit we talk about sports a little bit we talk about uh society a little bit uh we talk about just just you know life shit and it's just a real dope conversation so Again, without further ado, I want y'all to enjoy this. There's a lot of like really fun moments in this. And I had a great time creating this episode with my guy, Wally, man. For sure, he's going to be another person that you want to look out for because, um, you know, it, he's going to be on the podcast again. And I'm pretty damn sure I'll be on the Off the Soup podcast. So I'm looking forward to doing that as well. But um, much love to you. Thank you again for tuning in. I hope that you get all the value that you can possibly get out of this thing. And, uh, you know, like we do all the time on the Bless Beyond Measure, I stress every time keep going, keep growing, challenge yourself to get better every single day and uh, be the change you wish to see in the world. All right, y'all. Without further ado, here's, this, here's today's episode. Enjoy. All right, y'all. Welcome back to the Blast Beyond Measure podcast. I'm back with yet another episode and I got a special guest with me. He is a fellow pal, uh, podcaster. He runs the Off The Stoop podcast. He is also an aspiring comedian. Um, full disclosure, I just met this dude, what, like a week ago, right, Wally? yeah like yeah yeah like last thursday yeah yeah 
we uh we ran into each other at uh Buffalo Wild Wings was you know he was with some folks I was with my homie and uh shit they knew each other and we just started rapping and shit man found out he hosts his own podcast I was like I host my own podcast and here we are man we over here shooting some shit bro and uh you know what man we got to get to know each other a little bit before the uh we started recording here man it's been a pleasure so far man and you know I'm grateful for you to come on this podcast man and share some time with us bro right on Hell yeah, hell yeah, Chris. I appreciate you having me on, bro. Yeah, it was a uh, it was one of those Filipino connection things, right? Like <laughs> as soon as as soon as I seen you across the room, it's like at an airport, you see a Filipino, it's like, "Oh shit, you one of us." <laughs> it just so happens that we're in Daly City and there's a, a fucking million of us over here, but it was it was been cool to meet you, man. And yeah, we was definitely chopping it up beforehand. We probably should have been recording the entire time, but right. Maybe, maybe, maybe in the ne- maybe in the future we'll we'll get it done. Oh yeah, off top, man. And you know, I think, man, that ain't even gonna be nothing to worry about with with a person like yourself and a person like me that could just really come off the top of the brain with some some shit, bro. Because you know, something um, similar. I'm pretty damn sure you could relate to this, bro. Especially because you're a fellow podcaster. Something that I've always found fascinating was like effective communication, which is kind of something that wanted me or just kind of pushed me towards podcasting, man. And you know, um, we were talking off camera again, too. A lot of people are not even having dialogue about shit no more. It's mm-hmm. one thing or the other, just one end of the spectrum or the other. And without that dialogue, bro, there ain't that real like bridge to be able to connect no more, man. And you know what, man, I'm, I'm glad that you got a podcast, bro, where you could talk about, you know, uh, current events, whatever's, you know, percolating on your mind and shit like that. That's one of the reasons why I'm doing it, man. Why don't you, can you tell us a little bit about like what you, uh, what you envisioned for your podcast? Like when you first started, you know, making it bro, like when you created it in the first place. Yeah. So when I first made the off the stoop podcast, I actually had another podcast called the double triple podcast. Shout out, uh, shout out my team from that. Um, but yeah, I, I wanted to go off more than sports. Of course I love sports. I was like, one of the main reasons I started podcasting, but I have like very different differentiating interests. Like, you know, I'm not the biggest political pundit, like we were talking about earlier, but I do like talking a little about politics. I like art, music, and just like general culture and pop culture and what's happening in my community and in society in general. And, you know, I just wanted a, a platform to put my ideas out there while also kind of highlighting the filipino american culture you know like we were talking we were talking about off off screen them i wanted to i wanted to almost be the filipino joe rogan of this shit you know bring on activists comedians people from all different types of fields especially being filipino and just bring them into my world learn from them and it isn't so much my podcast that i want that i um let me see. How can I say is that I that I wanted it to be all about me. I just wanted to bring people in who were smarter than me, because in turn, shit, I learned a little bit something, too. And my, maybe my listeners will learn a little bit of something as well. You know, of course, I'm going to come and fuck around and especially like make jokes and things like that. But I'm trying to learn out here like, you know, I'm college educated, which isn't like the biggest deal to me. But what it, what it, what have I been doing like post college is like reading, writing and doing things like that. But it was pretty limiting. But if you talk to somebody and, you know, you have these conversations, difficult conversations, easy conversations, you come out learning something. And to your point, like people are so people are stuck in a vacuum. 
you know, Twitter, Instagram, whatever social media they're on, whatever your belief is, is going to be solidified by your feed. And, you know, we're always on our phones and shit. So you, your belief just gets even stronger. It just, it becomes a, what, what, what it becomes a diamond. And, uh, you know, that's probably like, a, like a terrible analogy, but like, that's the best way I could put it. Like, it's just going to ingrain in your head and you're not going to be able to listen to anybody else or you're not even going to want to listen to a different side of things. Yeah, no, I, I hear you loud and clear, bro. And it's it's a it's a shame that it's kind of come to that, man. And, and we are living in, in a different type of environment, a different type of world, especially, you know, we talk that we're both from the city, man. And um, with everything going on politically and obviously with the pandemic and COVID-19, uh, things have just changed drastically. Obviously, we're at a we're we're a lot further along than we were, you know, last year. This time last year, mm-hmm. you know, with the doors opening up and everything like that. But so much damage has been done. And you know, I'm an optimist, so I would I will say that like it's not irreparable damage. I I, I like to believe that you know things are going to get better, especially as people continue to, you know, learn develop themselves like you just said you wanted to do you, that you are currently doing you know as as am i i'm a student in life bro and you know i'm um, just trying to stay open and attuned to like you know all the different knowledge and the wisdom and the energy that the world has to offer for damn sure man and i think that you know as crazy as shit may seem sometimes especially because of the phones and like you know everybody having like a platform to kind of like throw out their opinion and you know, and then the, the news 24 seven, just fear mongering, all these different elements to that, that make this crazy ass environment that we're living in. Even with that, even with that, I still feel like there's hope, especially because of a platform like a podcast, there's people that are connecting all different walks of life. You were telling me prior to us hopping on here and recording that you've been on far right wing podcasts where, you know, people don't see eye to eye with you. But like, I love that. You know why? It's because you're still having that dialogue. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, bro, have been pushed so far left or so far right. Like you said earlier, there's not a lot of people willing to meet in the middle anymore. And partial reason why, like, I wanted to start a podcast too, bro, was to be able to, you know, first of all, spread good energy in a world that so desperately needs more mm-hmm. and more of that. You know what I'm saying? And second of all, really, is to just kind of like be able to welcome anybody on, bro. I feel like, it, you know, what you were saying earlier is we can learn something from everybody. And yeah. now since we've been pushed on, on so far on each side, bro, it's, it's hard to have that conversation because, you know, once you get that label on you, Oh man, it's like a stink that you just can't, you can't wash off. You know what I'm saying? For certain people. And man, it's crazy. The divide is we're supposed to be the United States of America, right? Mm-hmm. We ain't been united in a long, it hasn't felt that way. And you know, man, one of the main missions and the goals of this thing is just like try to glue people back together because, bro, you, we got We got to stay united, bro. We people there's like we, we forget, bro. We're all from the same. Come on. It's one love out here, bro. You yeah. know, so that's how I see things, man. And, you know, somebody may be listening to me talk and be like, man, this guy's just on some like optimistic woo woo type shit. Nah, bro. I believe in that shit, bro. I believe that we supposed to be like we might not always see eye to eye, but at the same time, bro, if there's that mutual respect and we ain't, you know, hurting one another, we could all coexist peacefully, bro. And you know what I'm saying? There's plenty for everybody to live off, off over here, bro. And it's, um, you know, I don't know what's going to happen, bro, but I feel like, you know, we good people. There are a lot of good people out there, bro. And if 
you know, they continue to do the work, we continue to work, you know, a lot of progress will be made. We were talking offline too, bro, about, um, you know, you know, working within the Filipino community, bro. And mm-hmm. that's something that I respect hella about you, bro. Thank um, you. Thank the, you. The Off the Stoop podcast where you brought up, what's, what's her name that you brought on? Um, Marissa Carpio. Mm-hmm. Carpio. Sorry if I butchered your name, Marissa. But uh, yeah, man. Uh, so off, I really, like I said, I wanted to become the Filipino Joe Rogan because we don't have a big voice out there. We have like one big voice in every industry. You know, we got Joe Coy. We had like Rob Schneider. We have Rob Bonta, um, newly elected Rob Bonta. Um, we got Batista, who's like half. We had we either have Batistas or like nobody, like nobody's fully Filipino. And you know, no knock. That doesn't make you any less Filipino, but they don't look like me. They don't look like you. Like they don't look like your stereotypical. Like I got a big ass nose. Like I got like I got nice lips. Um, <laughs> I got brown ass skin, like I'm short, like my hair is wavy, like Hispanic wavy. And I just wanted to be like that. I wanted to be the guy. I wanted to be that guy who looks like almost indigenous Filipino. Like I came from the conqueror's blood, but I am Filipino as fuck. So I, I, and I wasn't always like this. I wasn't always about, I was always like a proud Filipino, but I wasn't always like, yeah, yeah. I'm still not like, yeah, yeah, Filipino, this Filipino, that, but I am proud of my community. And I want, I definitely want to be a highlight and a marker for, you know, what's to come. And because I feel like we're growing, there are, there's a lot of shit happening. I mean, I don't want to bring up half Filipinos again, no offense, but like Jordan Clarkson just won. <laughs> yeah. He just won six man of the year and he's big, big, big. I'm, showing his heritage we had that girl who just won the wpga tour we got pilo who's who's about to hit up a fucking day and night in vegas and who's killing it in the music industry and i just want to be you know kind of in that forefront of comedy like there are a lot of great comedians out there a lot of great filipino comedians but i feel like you know i can be that next one i could go on that next level especially with my experiences a lot of these a lot of oh, fuck. I feel like I'm knocking them, but I'm really not. It's like it's much respect. I'll just say this with my experiences and the shit that I've been through and the shit that I've done. I feel like that story is fucking hilarious. And I can and I can turn it and show somebody like, hey, you know. I don't like I, I don't want to I don't want to bring out a T.I. quote out of ATL, but I just want to tell them like you ain't got to be a dope boy to get money. You know, hey. you could do it the legit way. And, hey. you know. I'm early in my career in podcasting and in a com- comedy, but you know, I'm already reaping the benefits of that. Not, I'm not making thousands and millions of dollars yet, but you know, it's coming and like the blessings are coming and I'm going to keep working at this shit. And I'm going to keep fucking repping the red, white, and blue. Hey, let's and the star. Get it. Let's <laughs> get it. Hey, that's what's up, man. And I can hear the conviction in your voice, bro. And everything that you, just spoke out right now you're speaking into existence bro and as long as you keep doing what you we were talking again off camera bro like when you choose or when you make a decision on what it is that you want to do in life bro the universe conspires for you bro and that's what was happening you were telling me um and i want to ask you some stuff about comedy because i'm so like curious about this because comedy is something that i've always loved bro we're gonna we're gonna gonna rap about this for damn sure but you know you were telling me that you how wait hold on how long you been doing comedy like or when did you first start 
Uh, like two months. <laughs> That's two months into it, huh? Yeah. That's what's yeah. up. That's what's yeah, up. Bro. So, uh, yeah, you were you, my bad. I want. Oh, let me let me. No, let me no, get go, this go, 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 go. Because you were telling me, bro, that like, so you're 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 literally fresh in the game, bro. I think you mentioned to me you've fresh. been on stage like three times. Uh, um, well, I've been I've been on that particular. I've been at Alameda Comedy Club. Shout out Alameda Comedy Comedy Club. I've been up there three times, but I've been in like various open mics in the city, just kind of just getting my oh. name out there, getting my rep up. So I'm putting in my ten thousand hours, bro. Good shit. And then you were also telling me, bro, that like once you decide, once you make that decision of like what it is that you want to do, and you pursue it with a full passion, things like resources, people. Yeah. All sorts of different things start to connect and just fall into fall into place for you, bro. Especially as you continue to trust yourself and just like let it develop. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, yeah. Go. Oh, no, that gonna... that just seems to be what what's happening for you, bro. Nah, you know it. It honestly took years of this. So, you know, I'm like you. I'm a big comedy fan, and and as Filipinos, we're just like naturally funny. You know, that's what broke people are. Broke people are funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the only thing we can afford we can only afford to be funny right uh so yeah man so it took year i i did stand up when i was 18 i did one show at Cobb's comedy club at an open mic i bombed that shit and i and i was so down on it i told myself fuck that i don't need this i play college ball like i'm i'm at college you know all this shit because i'm 18 19 i got a big ego um and then Throughout the years, when I was about 24, 25, you know, I was a chef. So I started, yeah, around 24, 25, I really tried, like, I was, I didn't realize it at the time, but I was craving to be, like, creative. I was craving my creative soul, right? So I was a chef for, like, three years, and then I was a photographer at the same time, and then I was doing graphic design. But then I never, like, I failed to realize, like, yo, you went to school for writing, and like you like to talk shit and you love comedy and like it's not like I mean you did it years ago and it kind of like starting the podcast at 28 29 just like whatever age it kind of just culminated an avalanche to like oh fuck this is what I should have been doing the entire time like I'm not the best at it right now but like this is what I love like this is not not saying that I wasn't good at those other things, but this is what I'm passionate about. Like I could see myself immersing my entire being into this, like into this entertainment shit, into this podcasting, into comedy and loving it, dude. Like I've bombed like a shitload of times. And, you know, while it is a little discouraging, it is one of those things where you just, it's part of the game. You just got to take your licks where, where they go. And I'm just enjoying the shit out of it, honestly. Like I'll have, I had a good set last night, which is pretty cool. But then prior to that, I'll have every for okay. So for me, for every one good set you have, I'm gonna bomb the next five. That's my <laughs> marker, and it's not to like psych myself out or anything. It's just like, it's just where I'm at right now and at my stage. Hey man, you know what? We all gotta start somewhere, bro, and. You know, in order to kind of get yourself to that status, you got to put the reps in just like anything, bro. And mm -hmm. look, I'm going to tell you, bro, it, I commend you and I respect you hella much just for even getting out there into that arena, getting out there on that stage, because that's something I'm going to tell you. I'm going to share something with you, bro. Like mm. I told you I love comedy. You know what I'm saying? And I, I'm not bullshitting because 
I actually had ambitions. I still do. And it's not to say that I, I'll never get on there at some point in my life, but I just never, I never fucking got the galls to get up on stage, bro. To you got get to, up. bro. I know, bro. And I can imagine that, 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 that rush you get when you're out there on stage. And I don't think a lot of people realize just how hard being a comedian is, bro. It's literally you, the microphone versus hella people in a fucking room where they're just there to fucking you, you're there to make them laugh bro yeah you don't know them they don't know you bro and it's it's got to be like one of the most nerve-wracking feelings but at the same time i imagine it's got to be the most enlivening feeling at the same time bro okay i've never done crack in my life and i will never but being up on stage is fucking crack like no <laughs> <laughs> that it is pure euphoria and the cool part about it is um i think the most i've done in a room so far is alameda comedy is like 35 40 people which is fucking dope it was my first time up and that thing i was just like wow it was like sick it was it was so dope that they gave me an extra minute to like finish my set and i was like what the fuck like they even told me like yo you did you did pretty good tonight kid like keep going at it and i was wow. like jesus christ and i wrote i honestly rode that high for like four days like <laughs> like i was watching my video and i was like okay this was pretty good this was pretty good because I, I buy my film i buy it like game film i i honestly treat this shit like a sport bro like i buy my film and i see oh how was my delivery like what can i do to get better like what did this joke work here like when can i weave shit out so, but that first time I didn't do shit. I just looked at it. I was like, God damn, the last <laughs> I was like, oh my God. I was just getting off on myself so hard. I was like, oh my God, you're the shit. Lo and behold, next time I oh no preparation or nothing. I thought <laughs> I thought I was Chappelle after the after like the first <laughs> set. I was like, oh my God, I got this in the bag. And then I got a harsh taste of reality. But it I, I I still loved it regardless. It was so fucking fun. It's Bro, you got to get on stage. You're in this podcast game now, bro. You got to get up one time, couple Facts, times, bro. dude. It's, yeah. You, you're going to enjoy the shit out of it. Yeah, no, bro. Something about comedy that's always been appealing to me is, I mean, you know, they say laughter is the best medicine, bro. What better way than to spread positive energy than by making motherfuckers laugh, bro? Saying mm -hmm. some funny ass shit, bro. You know, you know, when you're laughing so hard, you're slapping your fucking knee, your stomach hurts, your face hurts from fucking smiling shit. I want to yeah. do that too, bro. That was always something that I wanted to do. And, uh, you know, I love making people laugh, bro. I kind of, I'll be real, bro. As I've kind of gotten older, I kind of lost it, but I still, I still like cracking jokes and fucking around and shit. But, uh, I don't know. I, I, didn't, I did not mention this to you, uh, prior to us getting on air, but I lived in LA for like six, seven years, bro. Oh, sure. and I went out there on a whim just to really try to kind of challenge myself and put myself into a different environment obviously it's not that far away but it's still a major city i didn't know many people out there and yeah i had opportunities to get on stage but for whatever reason i just didn't make it happen like i said i feel like at some point i'm still going to do it it's kind of one of those bucket list things for me that i'm gonna get done but i just respect comedy and comedians so much because like i can't think of any other activities that are, are more vulnerable bro where you're literally just out there on stage and when you watch some of the greats bro 
um, you know, like a Chappelle. For me personally, one of my favorite comedians was Martin Lawrence. And you, you watch somebody like George Carlin. You know what I'm saying? You watch people like Cedric the Entertainer. Like Cedric the Entertainer, bro, you don't even see him sweat, bro, because he's so like in his element. Dave Chappelle, he's so in his element, bro. He's ta- he's shooting mm-hmm. from the he's shooting from the hip. Like a lot of yeah. his shit, he's like, you know what I'm saying? He's he's refined his obviously he's been in the game for fucking for, ever, right? For like 30 years. I, I think he started comedy when he was 14. His first set, yeah. set ever was 14 years old, bro. And yeah, man, I mean Comedy is one of those things where it's not basketball. Like you can come in at any time and start killing it. I think who was, I think Steve Harvey was like 36 or 38, somewhere around that when he decided like, yo, I'm not going to work at, I think he was working at Sears or some shit. He was working something at the time. And he was like, fuck this. I'm going to be a comedian. Like I'm going to do stand up. Maybe it was a Steve Harvey or a Bernie Mac. One of those two. I'm sorry, which one I can't remember. But yeah, man, like, dude, whenever you get up is when you get up. That's when you're a comedian. I think like the one thing, though, that I will tell people if they ever want to start comedy, like, yo, comedians are fucking assholes. And I mean, (laughs) and I I'm no I'm no different, bro. Like, I'm a fucking dickhead. I can be very fucking mean if I wanted to and say some shit. But like, I've you know, I've gone to therapy, so I've kind of like mellowed out a little bit. But I kind of hate, but I also kind of hate therapy at the same time because I'm not as brash as I used to be. So I might stop that shit for a while. So because <laughs> I need like off a little bit. <laughs> oh, I need I need that intensity back. Like I got I'm like it's weird because I got to find that intensity again, mm-hmm. like that fucking darkness in my in my soul a little bit. <laughs> yeah, nah, bro. That's a uh, you know what, man? Um, comedians, bro. And I, I've been around. I have some friends that where aspiring comedians and actors and actresses and everything like that, when you're living in LA, it's almost inevitable that you're going to run into people with high ambitions and, you know, big dreams, you know, that's Mm -hmm. the land of opportunity right there. So, you know, a lot of my friends were, you know, like I mentioned, aspiring at whatever at their craft and man, it's, uh, trust me, I I understand, bro. The type of, the type of uh, mentality you got to have to get out there, bro. You got it. It's almost like balls to the wall type shit, bro. And, it's you versus a fucking room, bro. And you got to make them fucking yeah. laugh, bro. You're going to have <laughs> nights where there's like tough ass crowds, bro. And you know, it's funny, bro. I was listening to this podcast. I forget dude's name, but uh, he was talking, his whole concept was skipping the line. You know, a lot of people like to tell you, and I'm pretty sure they tell you at the, com- the comedy club, oh, kid, you got to pay your dues. You got to pay your dues. Mm-hmm. And something this dude was saying, because, um, his whole thing was like, do I really got to fucking wait in line and pay my dues? Or is there a faster way to get to my end destination, you know, without having to fucking wait in line and shit like that? And his thing was, bro, you can basically pick a stage anywhere. You can go out to downtown right now, get yourself a little loud megaphone and just start talking shit mm-hmm. and, and, and put yourself in that situation. And those will be reps for you. What this dude used to do, he was living in New York. I'm going to find it. I'm going to text it to you because you might be interested. It's pretty dope. It's a pretty dope um, episode because he did give a lot of detail into just getting yourself into that, into that flow all the time. That way, when you're on stage, you just, you just kill it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, It's just natural. It's not even a flow anymore. It's just like, that's, you're always on. Exactly, bro. He, uh, so what he used to do, he would get on to like, you know, um, underground fucking, uh, you know, on the fucking, um, on like the streetcars out in uh out in new york and shit bro mm-hmm. and underground just like just literally be on the trains 
talking shit, bro. Like he'll be like doing stand-up comedies. People will get on, get off. Some people will last. Some people would, you know, he'd be bombing. But the key was for him, he was putting himself in this like uncomfortable position all the time, which in turn mm. did so much for him. So when he got on stage, he was sharper. He was he was not even like affected by what other people were going to say about them. Because I think for me, one of the biggest things why I never got on stage was because I was like, damn, what if I do bomb or fucking what if uh, people say this about me? Yeah. You know I said? That fear kind of paralyzed me. I'm in a different space in my life right now. I feel like if mm-hmm. that's something that I set my intention on doing, I could definitely do that shit. And I will if that's like something I choose to do. But I'm looking back at that time in my life and, and what hindered me from doing that was that paralyzing type of fear of like, oh, what if this, what if that? Yeah. But if you just constantly put yourself in that stressful environment, right? It becomes like normal to you. You know what I'm saying? And that's, I kind of think what he was like getting at with that whole thing, bro. That, that That's actually a really great premise and a great approach to it. Like I'm the complete opposite. I literally tell myself, on the way to wherever I'm performing, I'm like, yo, you're going to suck. You're going to fucking suck today. And then it's one of the mind games where I'm trying to prove myself wrong. It's one of those where, you know, every day we talk about like, yo, we're going to get, I'm going to get better 1% every day. But this is my mind trick to tell myself, hey, you better do good today or you're going to prove yourself right by bombing, by sucking. And sucking doesn't mean that you're going to bomb or anything because, you know, like you said, you got to, You know, a room could be tough, but you also got to be able to read a room. I think that's one of the things that they don't tell you when you start off comedy. It's not always about just doing the jokes or like riffing or like, you know, crowd work. You got to read what kind of room that you're in. And that's always fucking hard, especially when you're starting off, because, you know, you could be in a like a a black room. You could be in a white room and you got to really differentiate like what jokes you have in store for each, you know, because you your jokes are not going to land with every every type of person if you're a person who says yo my jokes are for everybody everybody's going to laugh like no you're not joe coy you're not dave Chappelle. like you're not all worldly like those type of dudes they don't know you so they're going to base their laughter and their thought process on comedy on what on what they think not what they think that you are because they have no idea who or what you are or what you believe in mm-hmm mm-hmm you know what, bro? Uh, as you were speaking, I got to thinking about, you know, where comedy is nowadays, man. And a lot of in a lot of the um, stand up comedies I've been seeing recently, especially from Chappelle, he's really been harping on, you know, the political re- correctness of everything, bro. So like the space has been tougher, I can imagine, bro, like in terms of like judgments passed, if you say something that's like a hot button and shit like that, you know what I'm saying? And it's... um. I, I feel I've always felt this, bro. There is like an extremely important role for comedians in in our society because mm-hmm. they say the shit that so many of us, if not all of us, are fucking thinking, but yeah. they just don't fucking say it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. No, they got the balls. Right. Yeah, they got the fucking balls to say it, bro. Chris Rock got backlash like <clears throat> I don't know, like two or three weeks ago about canceling cancel culture, and because it's making comedy like boring and unfunny which is fucking true bro i think he said it on saturday night live when he hosted and it's true man like why are you censoring the people who have the pulse on like on the world you know they they know exactly what's going on i mean not every comedian um you know does their comedy that way where they talk about like culture and like what's happening 
what's going on. But the ones that do, they actually do their fucking work. They do their homework. They do their studying. They know what the fuck they're talking about. So like guys like, you know, guys like, like, like we keep bringing up Chappelle, like Chris Rock or Joe Coy, like they, they need autonomy to be able to say what they want and what they need to say, because it's very, it's very fucking informative at the end of the day, because they they'll leave you thinking about, Oh shit. Like, maybe maybe they are right not and i'm not just saying this because i love these guys and like these guys are like my comedic heroes but it just makes sense to like give them autonomy to be able to say whatever and then maybe you can assess it later on but you can't take it at face value bro the cancel culture you know what man the cancel culture be taken to too far sometimes i'm not gonna lie oh, man. Shit. and it's i mean come on they'll dig up shit from years ago and you remember that shit that happened to kevin hart bro and look at look at who kevin hart is now man the the evolved kevin hart that stands before all of us today is just an amazing dude bro he's amazing at comedy first of all you know i've kind of i'll be real i've got I'm kind of tired of his shit but he's still capable of making me laugh anytime i see him. yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's a funny little bastard but obviously bro like you know you know we've all come a long way bro that's just evolution that's progress and i think that it's unfair when the cancel culture tries to pick something especially like prying all the way deep into the fucking past bro and bring out old skeletons for people and decide you know what we're gonna fuck this person's career up that's just fucked up to me bro and i i I honestly, like, looking back, it's like, where the, how the fuck did this shit all develop, bro? And it's just like, but you know what? At the same time, I try not to let that shit bother me too much, bro, because you can't control everybody, bro. You know what I'm saying? That, that's nah. something, that's something that's just facts, bro. And, and you, you were, you were um, referring to it earlier, bro. If you're, if your goal is to basically try to please everybody, or if you think your comedy is for everybody, you already failed, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you're, you're, you're going to like even even as great as Chappelle is, as great as everybody we mentioned, bro. They have haters, too, bro. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, so exactly. If, just like in anything, in, even I'm aware of this in podcasting, too. My style, the shit that I talk about may not be for everybody. And I'm OK with that, bro. You know what I'm talking about? Because once you're OK mm-hmm. with that shit, bro, and you don't make it the goal to please everybody, you can you can focus on like the shit that's working for you, bro. You yeah. know what I'm talking about? And you know what, bro? Like, I think it's like a natural human tendency to want to please everybody, especially uh, especially for us in Filipino culture, bro. We're very, <laughs> you know, that's something, something I've always like kind of like grew up around, you know what I'm talking about? But then once you kind of like get past that shit, at least for me, bro, there's a certain sense of freedom, a certain level of, of, of just genuine self-respect that you get, bro. And it's a feeling uh that's just like it, it's really indescribable bro and um you seem to be in that space right now bro in terms of <laughs> stepping into who you fucking are bro and embracing that wholeheartedly bro am, am i accurate in saying something like that yeah yeah no you you probably hit the nail on the head bro like you know some forces and some circumstances have forced me to like really hone in and challenge who i was and how i grew up and who i'm becoming and I, I guess this goes with doing therapy as well. It's like really forced me to like take a look at everything past and present and, you know, future and really like take pieces and bits and like, yo, because not everything I am and not every, yeah, not everything I am is, is serving me. And, you know, not to get like all philosophical or fucking like emotional or mental or whatever, but like, 
there are things that don't serve me at 30 that did at 21, 22. But like, I had to realize that, you know, it took me, you know, this last, this like last year to really realize like, oh shit, like I don't have to be this way in this situation no more. I can still be that Wally, but I have to know when to categorize it and when to do it. So it's like, it's really picking and choosing your battles at the end of the day and really do like, you really just got to do you at the end of the day. You know, as Filipinos, we're big on respecting our family. We're respecting our parents and respecting our culture and trying to do them proud. There's a reason, you know, for everybody listening in America and everybody, I mean, everybody's a fucking immigrant in America. There's a reason that they brought you here. It's not so you can live under them and what they want for you is so you can do what you want, you know? And at the end of the day, like what is, your success is defined by what you think it is. And that sounds like very cliche, but it goes to what you were saying. Like, I'm really starting to own in and hone in on myself because I'm starting to define what my own success is for me and what and starting to hone in on like the shit that I want to do. Because like for the a latter and a greater part of my life, I've been, you know, helping my family, trying to like not people please, but like, you know, trying to keep shit in and trying to chill. But now it's like, dude. 30s like a turning mark we had this pandemic come out like I had a year to like really be inside and think to myself and really like think what I want to do with the rest of my life and it definitely wasn't like pencil pushing at a fucking office or doing whatever it's just it's doing this comedy shit doing this podcast growing and like being like a figure in the community and really embracing like who I am and like my heritage and shit so I'm really enjoying who I'm becoming. Like I said, I'm, I might stop doing therapy because I need a dark side again, but <laughs> that's like really another, that's really a story for another time because I, I, on some real shit, I need to get dark for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, bro, you know, hey, nobody knows yourself more than you, bro, or nobody should know you more than you should know yourself, bro. And the fact that you're aware of that, bro, and, you know, this is something that seems to me that you are, looking to pursue full-time because we were talking again earlier like it makes you feel alive you <laughs> you basically yeah. said I never did crack but that's fucking crack right there bro and I, I can imagine like you saying that just tells like you can already feel like just like you know the blood like the your heart pumping the rush the adrenaline all that shit bro you know what I'm talking about because man it's a it's a scary thing, bro. You know that's why I've always had like the utmost respect for anybody that's willing to get up there and talk about anything, bro. Whether you're a comedian or if you're just going up to, you know, public speaking is a very scary thing to do, especially if you're not well versed in it. Especially if you're not like fucking, you know, even if you take classes in college or in high school, whatever the fucking case may be, bro. Like, it, it, it's it's um there's something mental there, bro. Uh, for myself included bro and a lot of other people that kind of hinders us from doing that shit bro and you know like I mentioned I'm at a different space in my life right now so I feel like at some point especially as the natural as part of the natural progression of this podcast I'm eventually going to have to get to conferences and speak in front of a lot yeah. of people so I got you know I got it I got to get out of my own fucking way bro and to be honest with you bro that respect factor I have for you other comedians, people that are just getting into that arena and doing that, man, is just like that simple fact that you're doing that shit, bro, is crazy, bro. And it Thank is you. dope, man. And I'm rooting for you, bro. And I, I want to come out to you next show. You Hell got one yeah. lined up, bro. When, when's your when's your shit popping next? 
Uh, well, we might be at, I might be at, um, seventh. I'll probably be at seventh West in Oakland on Wednesdays. So that show goes every other Wednesday. It's a cool open mic. Definitely. Uh, whoever's listening, definitely come out there. It's a second and fourth Wednesdays. They got a cool ass. They got a cool ass outdoor vibe. Um, really great Filipino food, like a fusion Philippine or like a modern take on Filipino food, which is dope. Uh, Poncho, the bar owner is a dope guy, like cool ass folks. Like you got really good comics coming out the bay hey. and yeah man like you bro you really you if you if you're gonna grow in this podcast game which i know you probably are you gotta you gotta get comfy with public speaking and they can't they can nothing in school can prepare you for 50 pairs of eyes just fucking staring you down waiting to see what you're gonna say whether it's comedy or po- or like you know a conference or whatever, like you were saying, you, you just got to do it and just like, like put immerse yourself like that dude you were talking about, just put yourself in the snipe, get yourself in that state of uncomfortable, uncomfortability where until it just becomes every day, an everyday notion. Facts, bro. And I'm curious, man, how do you do that? How do you get into that space? How do you just take that plunge? Like for you, what it what was you kind of you've touched on it a little bit, bro, in terms of like your process, but how how do you get yourself like to just fucking do something like that, bro? Um preparation. Mm. Honestly. Like preparation. Comedy, you know, of course there are talented people who just go up there and then they'll just riff a little bit. But those are like, you know, savvy vets. I mean, I've, like I said earlier, I've only been in this game for two two years, two months. And, you know, I write, I rehearse my stuff. I time out, I time out how much, uh, how much one joke, how much time one joke takes in transition to another. So I'm really like putting in my time. It's not just like me writing or just me going up and saying some shit. Like you really got to practice mm-hmm. like anything. Like if you want, if you want to shoot like Steph Curry, you got to bomb it from half court. <laughs> like it, it's not going to happen unless you do something about it. And for me, mm-hmm. I'll, I get nervous. I get fucking nervous, but that lets me know that fuck it's it, it's something that I want to do because if it wasn't then I'd just be chilling like oh yeah, you know whatever, it's whatever. But I really like love this shit and I I want to give it the res- I want to give the game the respect that it's due by not by not disrespecting it by fucking just going up there and giving a shit performance every yeah, single not, time, not you half, know? not half-assing it, bro. You know, yeah, so exactly. your preparation behind the scenes is really what sets you up, right? Yeah. Like gives you that confidence or not exactly. even confidence, just that fucking, you know, that, it gives that. you assurance to know like, Hey, even though, you know, like I said, like if you bomb, at least you prepared, mm-hmm. like, like we were talking about earlier, not every room is going to be the same. Not one joke. One joke is in one room won't hit like it will in the other, but as long as you prepared and you're like, okay, like, I know this is a solid joke. I just got to see where and when it'll hit. Like you're fine, or at least in my in my opinion, I'm doing fine in that regard because I'm doing the work beforehand before I get up, and it's only five minutes. Like I'm doing all this for five minutes. Like I can only, I mean, imagine when I have to start doing it for ten, fifteen, twenty, thirty, an hour. I'm ready to put in that work, but by that time, I'll have developed those skills most likely to tell like where I don't always have to prepare, where I'll have those notes, but I'll still prepare in that way that uh you know that i am right now at five minutes 
Yeah, man, we got to get you a little Netflix special, bro. You know what I'm saying? You get you get on stage for an hour, bro. That's the goal is right there. You know what I mean? Hey, you on your Hell way, yeah. my dude. You on your way because I can, already, I can already sense it, bro, the conviction that you speak with. Like, honestly, the reason why I asked is, and, you know, we touched on it earlier, bro. Um, anything you do requires repetition. If you want to get better at something, it requires repetition. It requires you to, to put mm-hmm. you in these challenging situations. Otherwise, because that's where all the growth is at, bro. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And, and you clearly just laid it all out in terms of your process and everything like that. And I can sense with your conviction, your grit, your grind, you know, uh, your mentality, bro, um, your heart. You know what I'm saying? It's it's, it's going to take you to where you want to go. Just stay patient. Right on, bro. Continue to keep pushing yourself, my dude. And, uh, you know, when you get that Netflix special, man, don't forget about all that. <laughs> nah, never, never. I take I take my people with me, man. Like That's what's up. On some real shit, I've been trying to, uh, I've been trying to build a team to do like to do this shit, you know. And I think it's just because I'm so early in the game, nobody's really like taking me too seriously. But like, I've been trying to build a team out to really like grow this shit. And it's not one of those things where, oh yeah, I'm a build, I'm a build out a team, and y'all do all the back end shit, and then I'm the only one who gets paid. But like, yo, like if I start eating, we're all gonna eat. Like if I get paid seventy five dollars and I got like three people with me. Like, yo, we're going to split that $75, man. But, you know, not everybody is willing to be on the grind with you. They just want to, they just kind of want to see you when you're at the top, which is not, right. which is fine. And I'm not saying, and that's not a knock on anybody at all. Like, you know, I love all my people that are with me. Like, pe- it's crazy because, uh, I'll, hold on, I'll, I'll save it. I'll say, I'll save that for after. But, um, but yeah, man, like I'm, I'm just, I'm just really ready in the grind and, you know, I'm appreciative of the people who are supporting me and I'll go into it now. Like people, it's crazy because, you know, I was doing photography and like graphic design and all this shit. Like people are like, oh yeah, it's cool. It's cool. It's whatever, you know, you got the podcast. But now that they see I'm doing comedy, like, oh yeah, dude, I want to go out to your shows. Like, come on, like, let me know when. And it's a fucking dope film. And I appreciate all those fucking people. I appreciate everybody who, uh, who says they want to come out and support. Cause it's fucking dope, man. And I get, I think it's because they see that like, not only do they probably think i'm funny it's they see that like i you know that i'm taking this seriously which it whereas i kind of took my other endeavors a little less where i was like laissez-faire with it but they see that oh shit like he actually wants to do this now and it's it's pretty tight that's dope bro and sometimes it takes those experiences that you mentioned you know being a chef for three years uh doing photography all these other different things to, to eventually get to where you know what you want to do you know what i'm yeah. saying you you go you know i mean some people figure shit out earlier but something i've also realized bro is that you know just like nip says bro you see nip in the background bro. Yep. the marathon yep. continues bro but at the same time it's not a race against anybody else you you run in your own race and i think a lot of times for myself i was uh i was comparing myself to others especially with this fucking instagram shit and facebook <laughs> earlier in the days bro you see motherfuckers that you came up with and shit you're like damn this motherfucker doing this like and I'm only over here. And, you know, mm-hmm. a, a fucking, a, a fucking, um, a quote that I say to myself all the time that I, I forget who exactly came up with this quote, but it makes so much sense. The quote is comparison is the thief of joy. And it's oh. so fucking true, my dude. Yeah. If you think about it, bro, if you're comparing yourself to somebody else, you're never going to be fucking happy because there's always going to be somebody that's at least one level up above you. No matter how good you get, there's always going to be somebody else. But that shouldn't 
deter you from like trying to elevate yourself to your best to be your best self yeah right well but at the same time oh yeah go ahead no no no. sorry go go no i was just gonna say at the same time bro it's like you know it you you once you recognize that bro you give yourself that fucking power back you know what i'm saying you empower yourself you recognize it ain't about what everybody else is doing it's you versus you you know what i'm talking about yes, like you want to get yes. better at some shit it's you versus you you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and at the end of the day, like, you don't know, like, you you may have grown up with these people. You, you may have went to high school, and then all of a sudden you saw them go to, like, community college or do whatever. But you don't know what that person did or went through to get to that position. Like, it's some crazy shit. Like, <laughs> I don't want to bring it up, but it could be some, like, Harvey Weinstein shit going on. And you don't fucking know, bro. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and that that might be a little bit of a sensitive subject, but. You don't know what somebody went through to get to that level. And on top of that, just because they are at that level doesn't mean they're not fucking miserable. Bro, Anthony Bourdain fucking mm. killed himself. R.I.P. Like, R- rest in peace to that man. I love Anthony Bourdain. Same, bro. Fucking hero. But that man fucking killed himself. I know, and he looked like he was living the best he life. He had the greatest job in the fucking world. He ate food all over the world kicked it with dope people and they recorded him and he was so dope people on youtube try to emulate and do a terrible job of it because they don't have his they don't have his personality his charisma his intelligence they don't have the anthony bourdain and this man fucking committed suicide in paris bro in his room in paris and there's a guy and i don't want to knock normal jobs there is a guy working on the field, shout out farm workers, for $2 an hour who's pumping every fucking day and is happy as a fucking clam because they made it in America and they're like out in the fields making some a little bit of dough. So you don't know what everybody's going through, which is like a very old message, but like new, a little nuanced, but it's like. It's true, man. Like, that's the truest shit you could ever tell. You don't know what somebody's going through. Because, bro, like, the last couple months I've been through, it's a couple months fucking sucked for me. But it's also forced me to get into comedy, to make make sure to raise my podcast game and get into a space and, like, get a studio and really, like, evaluate what I want and what I want out of comedy, what I want out of myself. So it's... Yeah, man, like you, you gotta, you can't take, like you were saying, you can't take people at face value. You can't, you can't compare yourself to others. You just got to know that like your journey is your journey. And I think one thing that I'm definitely guilty of, two things I'm guilty of is timetabling my success and where I should be and being my worst fucking critic. Those two things are like inherent with me. Like I am terrible. Like I, you know, I've accomplished some things. I've like made money or, you know, that's not my biggest deal. And, you know, I've made some moves here and there, but like, no matter what I do, no matter what, like how good I get or how great or whatever, I'm always fucking hard on myself. Always, no matter where I am at and no matter where I'm at in life, I'm always my harshest critic, no matter what, like, like I, like I said, if I have a good set, you know, I'll write it down and be like, yo, you could have done better. 
And it, yeah. I mean, and I don't know where that mentality comes from. I'm sure it comes, it's, it derives from like playing sports and, you know, like some childhood shit, but like, I am definitely my harshest critic 24 seven, bro. I'll wake up and be like, damn, you're not up yet. And it's like six 30. I'm like, you're not up out of bed doing yoga yet. And I get conscious of that. And I'm like, fuck, it kind of fucks up my day. But like, as soon as I'm up, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Man, bro, that's a, uh... You know what, man? A lot of people are very much relate. You know, it's it's so relatable. You you know what you just laid out right there, bro. Because I mean, <laughs> first of all, before I even continue on this tangent, I want to just say that you're absolutely fucking right. You just never know what somebody's going through, bro. Like, which is one of the biggest reasons why I no longer I I do my very best not to pass judgment anymore, bro. Because everybody's Same. journey is their own, and everybody's struggle is their own as well, right? And you know what, bro, you seem to be in, in, a, in a much better space where you're continuously ascending and elevating yourself to, to higher lengths and shit like that. And a lot of things seem to be clicking for you, which is dope. But that doesn't, you know, go to say that, like, it wasn't easy to get to where you were at, right, bro? Mm-hmm. And I think that, like, in hindsight, when we're able to look back at things, man, a lot of the things that we felt were, at least for me, I'm speaking for myself, a lot of the things that I was like, damn, why the fuck did this happen in my life? Or what the fuck, blah, blah, blah. Like, I was, like, I was always pointing the blame at other things for my deficiencies, for my shortcomings. And when I recognized, like, you know what, man? You know, you, I, at least for me, I got to a certain point where I'm just like, you know what, I, this, this got to stop, bro. This vicious cycle where I'm beating myself up. And like I was saying, mm-hmm. I was comparing myself to other people. And you posted something on Instagram, I think it was yesterday, uh, where it was just like, where Filipino parents are like, you should be like, uh, you should be like your oh. friend, you should be like your cousin. Yeah, like, yeah, like, see? N- never be like yourself. So, you know, and I do not want to, you know, shame our Filipino culture, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, there's a lot of beautiful things about our culture, but there's a lot of, this, this word gets it, tossed around a lot. There's a lot of toxic stuff in that motherfucker too. Yeah. Though, you know it's a lot of cheese, man, bro. And you know, I'll call that shit out, bro. That Filipinos are fucking toxic, bro. Like it's, <laughs> it, it, it's some toxic ass shit. And it's up to like, you know, I don't got kids or anything. I'm single. What up? Um, but I'm really like, I'm I'm about breaking general generational curses at this mm. point. You know, I, I want to be successful and do whatever. But like when I have kids, you know, when they have kids, I don't want them. <laughs> I don't want them 30 years from now going to therapy and blaming me for their fault for shit that happened to them. And I'm I'm going to be very fucking candid right now. Yo, that is a lot of shit that, you know, not only myself, but a lot of other Filipinos and, you know, a lot of other millennials in general are going through because, you know, we grew up in a time where it was fucking dope. I love the era I grew up in. No phones, no technology. I went outside. I got my ass kicked. I beat somebody's ass. Like, you know, you you were a fucking kid. But now, or like you got whooped by your parents, especially like, you know, by Wallis or fucking Spoon. <laughs> But like, you know, that shit, you don't realize it, it, it triggers something in you and in your body. And this is the shit I'm learning in therapy. I know I keep fucking bringing up therapy, but like, this is the shit that you learn and you, the shit that you go through and kind of weave out. And my whole thing is, you know, I want to break these curses. Like, 
you know, I do want to hit my kid, but <laughs> but I'm not going to hit him with a fucking broom and break it over their back right. or some. Right. And I'm sure that's happened. To you. I'm fucking positive that's happened to you, bro. And, you know, oh, like, man. that's the shit that we have, like the gossiping, the telling your daughter or son that they got fat, but then you feed them hella food and tell them to come eat. Like, it's all like very like small psychological shit, but it's all toxic and toxic and it fucks with your mindset. And like that shit reverberates to like later generations, you know, and I realized that our parents and grandparents, they they sacrificed a fucking lot to get here. But don't throw that in my face, bro. Like we could have stayed in the Philippines and never known this life and we would have been the, for the better or the worse but don't throw it in my face because you decided to come here and now i'm trying to like do me at the end of the day you know and that's a lot of things that uh you know filipinos in our generation we're trying to honor like trying to honor our heritage and you know the people that came before us but we're also trying to like embark and like create this new this new wave and this new path for like filipino americans and philams and Philippinex and whatever other vowels there are in this generation and like it's pretty cool to be a part of but you know I think that's like you know I, I kind of got to watch what I say sometimes but um but yeah man like yeah I'm, I really want to break these gener- little generational curses and like normalize some some shit like talking about our feelings and you know I'm not gonna say I'm the biggest proponent of that you know because I used to be a you know, I used to be pretty closed off, but yeah, man, like that's the shit that like needs to go. Like, bro, example, white people are so fucking happy because they can, they, those families literally talk about their feelings back then, like way more than other families because they can afford to. I want to get to that. I want to get to that stage in life and like my, that stage for my family in life. Yeah. Hey dude, I'm a hundred percent with you, bro. And you see things pretty much exactly the way I see things in regards to breaking generational curses, everything you actually alluded to it earlier, bro, when we were talking about, you know, our, our family came from the Philippines and, you know, made all these sacrifices for us and everything like that. And, you know, that shouldn't go for nothing. I mean, I feel like, you know, they put us in a situation, right. Where we could be better. Like our, our responsibility is to be better is to, is to make, our heritage and our culture better bro and mm-hmm. pass that on to the next generation bro and you're absolutely right i was telling you i don't know if it was on camera or not bro but i was telling you um shit man i'm i'm at the ripe age of 37 now bro but like i just started young buck <laughs> appreciate you bro i was just i just started experiencing this level of clarity where i see things a whole lot differently than i used to bro i used to be mm-hmm. like Oh my God, bro. And not to say I'm a fucking genius or anything like that, or like I'm, I'm a fully evolved version of myself, but the person I used to be, bro, was fucking dangerous, bro. It was fucking ridiculous. I used, to get, <laughs> I used to get some crazy ass shit, bro. And looking back at it, I'm like, bro, like I probably should have <laughs> been dead so many times, bro. You know what I'm saying? And, and Straight I'm still up. here, bro. And, and I'm, and I question that, bro. I question like, okay, why am I still here? And for me, bro, like I've recognized that like maybe there's a bigger purpose and I'm just trying to uncover that truth, whatever that may be, and just trying to continuously make progress on my journey. And as I do that, I'm trying to be that example because eventually, God willing, when I do have kids of my own, I do want to be similar to what you were just saying. I want to be able to 
raise them in an environment where they don't, where I'm not like fucking unconsciously like putting them through these traumatic ass experiences that are going to fucking ultimately fuck them up down the line. And I love my parents. I'm going to be dead ass. I love my parents and we have such an amazing relationship now. You know what I'm saying? As I've like evolved myself and my grandma and everybody has made sacrifices and everybody that's made sacrifices for them to be where they're at. I love everybody, you know, through my ancestry that have basically given me the opportunity to be here right now in, in this time and in this place. So out of respect for all of them, I feel like it's an even bigger sense of responsibility in a good way to, to, to put ourselves in a better place, man. Break these generational curses, man. Uh, we hear this term a lot, generational wealth. That's something that I'm trying to do. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm very early in this podcasting game. I don't know what it's going to turn into. I have visions of what I want it to turn out to. I don't know, though. I don't know, you know, what's going to, you know, develop from all this stuff. I, only time will tell. And I think that, I think that honestly, bro, it, it, that's just a natural progression of like how things go. You know, our parents, they came from the Philippines. They brought us here, gave us all these opportunities. And dude, similar to you, I, you know, my grandma, she'd be throwing that shit in my face, bro. She'd be like, oh, you don't feed me. You don't do this. But she, oh, my God, bro. I be getting all that shit. And, and I know where it comes from because she had she had to become hardened. To, to make it to, to fucking make that journey all that trek all the way over here and bring mm-hmm. our whole family over here so I understand it and that's why like god bless her heart I'm always gonna always gonna have like the fucking the highest amount of respect possible for my grandma and love like no matter what and of course but at the same time that doesn't mean that like I'm going to carry every single thing that she's she's like kind of like giving me into into the future going forward. you're not indebted to her right right exactly bro and I think that similar to a lot of Filipinos, man, I'm sure, like, I felt that sense of, you know, being in debt, bro, like, damn, I, I do owe it to her, but now yeah. it's more like, more like, that, that used to be my mindset, but now it's more like, you know what, man, I get to be in this situation, bro, where I can carry the torch forward and make it better for all of us, bro, you know what I'm saying, and whether that happens or not, I don't know, but I'm gonna, you know, just like 50 cents said, man, I'm gonna get rich or die trying, bro. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to break generational curses or die trying. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? You, you gotta be your ancestors wildest dreams at the end of the day. Like mm. it, like that's my boy, uh, my boy, shout out Kenny. Like he, he put that in my mind. Like I am my, like I am my ancestors wildest dreams. Like, bro, like 200 years ago, a hundred years ago, these motherfuckers were wiping their asses with a with a banana leaf and then using it to make sago or whatever. And like, look at us now, bro. Like you and me are chopping it up, like trying to grow and become something other than a farm worker or other than like a house builder or a nurse, you know? And I think that's, it's cool that a lot of other Filipinos are starting to get into that mold too, where, you know, we were locked in as nurses, like, bro, Filipinos were raised like farm pigs for the nursing industry. Like they had nursing schools in the Philippines just so they can funnel them into America because there was such a shortage on these jobs or such a shortage on the, on the workforce. You know, that's why we have all these OFWs like in Saudi Arabia. Like my mom went to, I think it was like 89, like 85 to like 89 or 90, like right before she had me, she was in Saudi Arabia with my, uh, with my aunt, her best friend. And yo, I could have I could have ended up a, a, a sultan's son. 
I could have been a prince, <laughs> which is fucking crazy. But now nah, she chose to come here to America and like, you know, ultimately probably give us a better life at the end of the day. But she, you know, she, she like a lot of other Filipino moms and a lot of other, you know, older Filipinos, they felt like we're indebted to them. But it's like, no, like we're like we kind of talked about at the top of the show, like, no, we're not indebted to you. We're thankful and we're so fucking grateful you made these sacrifices. But now you kind of got to let us lead our own life and forge our own path. Like you can't decide this shit for us because, you know, in 20, 30, 40 years, that shit is going to create resent. And like, you know, that's another generational curse that we're going to talk about it. So like, you know, at the end of the day, like you got to do you like you have to do you. And that's so much easier said than done. But once you even start like a little sliver of doing you, it cascades into like a little bit more, a little bit more. It's like brick by brick every day. And then you got this wall, not the Mexican wall, but (laughs) you got this wall that you built up and it's like nobody can fuck with you. That's a fact, bro. That part right there, man. Always do you. Shout out to my boy, AB, man. That's his Instagram handle, always do you, man. And it's it's a way of life, bro. Like, you know, you got to, bro. Like, when you, when I've recognized, bro, to add to what you were saying, I recognize that when you're not living life for yourself and you're, you're living to please other people or you're living to fulfill somebody else's dream and, and, you know, your parents are living vicariously through you or whatever the fucking case may be, bro. Mm-hmm. That is going to be a very unhappy, unhealthy life, bro. You're going to be dealing with all sorts of different shit. Like you mentioned, yeah. resentment, anxiety, stress, you know, low, low self-esteem, you know what I'm saying? Shit. All these different things, bro. And um, I recognize more and more, bro, that like we have a voice in our head. You you alluded to it earlier, especially when you go through your comedy thing, you're like, you know, you're almost giving yourself reverse psychology to kind of like get you in that zone before you get yeah. on stage right so that voice in your head when you recognize that you can control it and you recognize there's always a choice in the matter even if for a millisecond sometimes things happen really fast and you know we react rather than respond but there's always that space bro i read a book called um man's search for me uh man's search for meaning by victor frankel i don't know if you've read mm-hmm. it but it's just a really no. good book man it's about it's about him um being like you know a prisoner in the you know um during the whole holocaust and everything like that but oh, at shit. the same time it's it's a deep book bro it's a very deep book I'll, I'll shoot it over to you man after we get done here man um but you know one of the key things that i picked up from that book was that you know i'm gonna butcher the fuck out of this but you know there's always like a space in between um stimulation and uh god damn it i'm gonna butcher the fuck out of it but basically the whole thing is like there's always a space no matter what's happening in your life that's like a situation that's in front of you there's always a space to take time to think about how you wish to respond rather than to react Mm -hmm. and a lot of times something that i used to do bruh you know and, and it could be because of conditioning it could be because of past traumas and everything like that and probably was to be to be honest with you but uh, something i used to do was like get super emotional bro and fucking react and i and it would just like it would develop further and further into into worse things bro so many things would compound from that negatively when i didn't think about how i choose to respond rather than react you know what i'm saying now if you if you find that space even if it's small that fucking millisecond bro to choose like 
how you wish to respond, you can actually set yourself up for something better. I always give this example all the time, bro. And it's happened to me several times. And it's interesting to kind of see the reaction that I get afterwards. You know, there's a lot of people that got a lot of fucking road rage, right? I used to yeah. be one of them. And I, you know, I still, oh, I yeah, still, I still kind of am. I still have those like every once in a while. Right. And, I, and I get really racist too. Like, <laughs> Especially out here in the barrier. Yeah, bro. I'm not going to lie. When I get my road rage, I, I speed up not to get mad, but to look. And I'm like, God damn it. Like, it, it is one. And I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say the ethnicity, but I know we're thinking the same. I know we're all thinking the same one over here. But yeah. I'm not going to fucking say it. <laughs> I'm dead. I'm dead. But this is a classic example I always give, bro. And, I, and I'll kind of follow up with. Uh, an experience, a few experiences that I've had when I, when I chose to respond rather than react, I mm-hmm. used to whenever, okay, let's just say somebody cuts you off. I used to get pissed, bro. I used to get in the other lane, try to catch up to this motherfucker. I'm honking at this motherfucker, mm-hmm. you know, high beaming his mo- you know, all that shit, bro. Flipping the bird, all that shit, bro. And can you imagine all of the, the like the, the chain of events that could have set off if like it went bad, bad, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Look, there's been so many events like that for a lot of people where people pull over, gun gets pulled out, motherfuckers lose their life over some road rage shit. And I recognize, bro, like I was just a very temperamental person, bro. I didn't know how to deal with my temper. And, you know, I used to be that I would react when somebody would do something. I would be like, I would react. Now I take that millisecond. Somebody cut me off. It still bothers me. I'm not going to lie. But then I recognize to myself, okay, what's the right move here, bro? What's the right thing to do here? Should I fucking do what I used to do all the fucking time and get myself into a situation that could potentially be violent or, you know, or or just throw off my sense of peace? Or should I just be like, you know what? Fuck it, man. You know, chuck the deuce and just like say peace, bro. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I remember specifically this one time, bro. I was in a rush to get somewhere. I was on 16th. I was going to the Chase Center because I used to work for the for the Chase Center and the Golden State Warriors. And I was going from my house, which is like Kizar Stadium, like by Hayton, Ashbury, by like um, by Golden Gate Park. So I took 16th to get over there. And it's only a two-lane thing, bro. And I remember, bro, these ghetto-ass black dudes, bro, like two or three of them, they were driving hella slow on the right lane. And I found this opportunity to pass them up. I didn't recognize who was in the front, you know what I'm talking about? But, like, I fucking passed them up, bro. Like, I basically was the dude that cut them off, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I I took the pass, cut them off, and then they did the same thing I used to do, bro. They, they tried to come up to me, and they came up to me, bro. And you know what I did, bro? Rather than kind of return that energy, like I probably would in the past because I'm fucking crazy like that sometimes. Uh-huh. Yeah. What I did, bro, was I was like hella apologetic, bro. I was just like, yo, I just chucked the deuce. I was like, bro, my bad. I was like, bro, I didn't realize it was going to turn into that. And you know what that did, bro, was it diffused the situation. They recognized yeah. they recognized it wasn't even it didn't even need to get there was to no that. malice in it. Right. It didn't need to escalate to that type of situation where we had to bark at each other or even yeah. get out the car and shit. You know what I'm saying? And that was a choice I had made in the moment now if I was emotional and I was mad because I was rushing, I was in a space where like, you know, it was highly volatile. Like something could have set that off. And if I didn't make that right choice, bruh, who knows what that could have like led to, you know what I'm talking yeah. about? So yeah, yeah. there's always that space, bro, where you could choose how you wish to respond versus react off of like pure emotions, because I'd say nine times out of 10, 
when you're going off emotions, it's usually going to like, you know, be the wrong decision. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, it that's a practice in itself, bro. Like, you know, that's like, that's one of the things that I'm learning right now. That's a tool, like trying to control your anger, trying to control your emotions. Like prior to taking therapy, it's like the fourth or fifth time I mentioned it. Like I only knew two emotions and that was like happy or fucking angry and mad, you know? And, you know, I'm a lot like you. I had a, I was a hothead. Like, bro, like I probably should, I should probably should have got up my, got jumped. I probably should have got like stabbed and killed like multiple times in my life. Cause not only do I have a hot, bad temper, a smart mouth, and I'm fucking relentless when it comes to like certain things like those, those are recipe for fucking failure. You know, I'm bound for some, I'm bound for like a fucking hurting, but you know, through time and through like, you know, meditation and space, like you, like you said, you get to realize that, Oh fuck. Like I'm, I'm what's kind of attracting these negative energies at the moment. And that's one of the biggest things that, people don't realize, you know, sometimes people try to victim or try to play victim a lot. A lot of people play victim a lot, but they fail to realize that sometimes, you know, you're the one bringing that energy into this, this situation or multiple situations. And you always wonder why, Oh, why does this happen to me is because you're bringing that shit to the table. You're bringing that shit into the world. And you may not be outwardly saying like, yo, bring this negative shit to me, but it could be like something as simple as eating the way you walk, the way you carry yourself, it's like it, you're inviting that type of energy into your life. And it just it sticks with you like like when you step on a piece of shit. It's that shit that you step in. And, you know, until you wipe that shit clean, like it's just going to follow you everywhere you go. Man, that's deep, bro. And that's that's real shit, bro. And it's something I think. What you just described basically is the law of attraction, bro. If you are, if you, and and I firmly believe in this law, bro. It's it's a universal law, bro, of like, you know, you are, you you attract what you are, bro. If you're a fucking, like, if you've got all this anger and negative energy, whether you know it or not, and you wonder why things are happening for you, bro, like, it's because you, something inside you, is still it's it's not aligned yet bro like it's misaligned Mm -hmm. and i think that like and not to get into a spiritual woo woo type of conversation but it's definitely something that like i've been really trying to understand more and more i have a a ton of great conversations with great friends about this shit and you know i i I admire a lot of spiritual leaders and and people that are focusing on self-development so it's a common theme that you hear in a lot of these lessons that have kind of made it to my fray and it's um and and when you're aware of that, bro, you can then make decisions that can basically help you alter how you want your life to be. You know, if like like I said, mm. like you were talking about, like I I wasn't aware of that shit, bro. I wasn't aware of like how what well, I might have been, but I didn't really give a fuck. You know, when I was like fucking temperamental <laughs> and all that shit. Yeah, like I wasn't I was in a space where I was just like fuck this, like fuck everything. You know what I'm saying? And you know, when you recognize why you're not happy in your life because of some of the things that are around your life and shit like that. You recognize like, it's not anything that's external, bro. It's actually like something internal. And when you go within you referenced meditation, yoga, these practices are amazing practices that allow you that time to really do some self-reflection. 
be fucking real with yourself, bruh, and recognizing where your shortcomings and deficiencies are coming from, or if there's something that you don't like particularly in your life, most oftentimes, I'd say, shit, man, I go as far as to say is 100% of the time, it's something within you that's yeah. like, that like, if you don't like something outside, it's something inside that you need to, you need to like switch up. You need to tweak a little bit in order to kind of get the results that you desire. Hell yeah. You know what I'm saying? Again, yeah. it's you versus you. Exactly. Exactly. Well, it's like what you were saying earlier. Like you, you can't control what you can't control what everybody on the outside thinks. So you got to just like be within yourself. And like, mm-hmm. like that's funny that you bring up the law of attraction and I'm probably going to veer off hella randomly. Like that was, that was one of the first things, uh, Deepak Chopra, seven spiritual laws. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, seven spiritual laws. That was one, like one of the first Great things, AB, yeah. One of the first things AB and I connected on oh, when wow. we first became homies. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember we were talking about it and he was just like, yeah, bro. Like I go back to that book every so often and just, I just read one passage and I looked at him. I was like, why do you do that? And then I thought about it like over the years and I was like, oh shit, like coming back to it, just like one part of the book is actually like really smart. Cause I used to think, and this is like my mentality of like being a perfectionist and trying to like do your best at all times when it, it doesn't need to be like, I always thought like, oh, if I read this, I got to read through the whole thing. But like AB made a great point to like, oh, you could just go to one chapter and, and one part of the book and just read it. And you learn something new every single time. It's a lot like reading The Alchemist you read it multiple times, you'll find something different every time because you're on that, you're on a different journey of your life. Whenever, unless you're reading it like every two or three months, then I don't know how much progression unless you're like fucking Bezos or something, but you, you learn something new about yourself and about the story every time. And you take away something different, which is pretty sick, especially within a book by like Deepak Chopra, who's who you said is like a big spiritual leader. And yeah, it's just uh, it, it's just crazy, man. Like the law of attraction is fucking nuts. I'm actually trying to read or not trying. I'm trying to listen to uh, the 48 laws of power and they mention law of attraction, too. It's just way too complicated for me to, to like read and get into right now. But like that's a real thing that people don't realize, like energy and spirituality and sounds like, you know, some like hippy dippy, like fucking uh moonstone bullshit but that shit is real i'm like really starting to believe it i'm like fuck okay like i'm gonna start taking it seriously as a part of my life now uh, hey you know what bro and it is bro like I, I i never like to come off as like you know preachy or or anything like that bro because like i mentioned earlier bro i'm a student of the game i'm student of life too bro i'm still learning so yeah. but one of the one of the things about this podcast is it's just constantly sharing what's been working for you. And for me personally, a lot, you know, studying the law of attraction, trying to understand it further has really helped me in my life immensely because, you know, again, when you recognize, you know, where, you know, if you're unhappy with certain things that are in your life and you recognize it's nothing that's going on outside, you know, it's most oftentimes something that's internal. You can then, once you, once you're aware of that, and you place your faith in that and you believe in that wholeheartedly, you can then alter what you do inside or, or how you, you know, present yourself in the world and what type of energy you're attract, like by choosing to be who you want to be and elevate yourself to your highest self, bro, mm-hmm. you attract all these great things in your life. And similarly, so if you're unaware, even if you believe it or not, like if you're just like a negative person all the time, 
guess what? A lot of negativity is going to come into your life, bro. It's just, it's just weird how simple it really is. It's almost like unbelievable. But the more and more I've kind of like progressed, I've recognized just how true it fucking is, bro. And I'm trying to, there's times I'm like, dude, it, it can't be this fucking easy. It, it really can't. But I will tell yeah. you, man, you know, like I used to be in a very dark space, bro. You know, I kind of referenced it earlier, bro. I was a fucking, I was a wild boy, bro, when I was a young dude. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I still got some wild qualities about me, but I've honed in a whole lot more. I've reeled myself in a whole lot more, bro. And through my self-development and just understanding of like, you know, mastering yourself in order to kind of like, attract and and build the life that you desire is like the biggest thing bro because it's not what other motherfuckers are doing we ref, we, we referred to it earlier bro it's it's comparing yourself to somebody else is is not going to get you to where you want to get to yeah maybe now you know i could be wrong about that too because some people could use that as motivation you know what i'm saying some people that might work for them but like as i've kind of like developed myself i recognize the simplicity in just the way things work bro change what you what you need to change in yourself in order to get the results that you want bro you know what i'm talking about and like it, it's crazy the way it works man and you know it, it's it's a continuous process it's not like something that's just going to be like oh a flip a flip the switch and it's, it's it's gonna happen but i think as you like you said earlier you keep practicing things bro you get better just like with your comedy bro like you know the more repetition you have, the more times you get on stage, just like with anything, Steph Curry shooting the basketball, bro. He probably shoots that motherfucker like a thousand times a day. Yeah. And that's why he's so fucking good at what he does. You know what I'm saying? I think once you immerse yourself, once you, first of all, figure out what it is that you want to fucking do and you commit to that path and you immerse yourself, you become obsessed like Kobe Bryant says, and you, you eventually will arrive to a point where like, damn, look at all that's happening for you. You know what I'm saying? And, it's it's a fun process bro but you know for so long i was i was unaware of that shit bro and i was wondering like why the fuck is my shit all fucked up why is like all this crazy ass shit happening in my life and i you know i would blame other people bro you referenced it earlier again victimhood mentality i was very much that type of person bro you know yeah. I'm talking about, i would point to blame hell and, yeah and i'd be like oh my dad should have did this for me my mom should have did this you know this and that like and I recognized, bro, that shit was not getting me nowhere, bro. And matter well, of fact, it was sinking me further. Shit. Go go, go ahead, bro. Go ahead, bro. No, I want you to step in on it. Go ahead. But no, bro, like, it's, 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 I'm going to go back a little bit back to what you were saying is, uh, the universe talks, bro. The universe, li- the universe listens and it will speak back to you at the end of the day, man. So whatever you're putting out, it's going to give right back to you, even the littlest thing. Yo, so, um, so Nas, in uh who's i think it's in whose world is this he had a concert right and this this may or might not uh, apply he had a concert an orchestrated concert for him for what album is that um what what's the first what's Nas's first album that Illmatic. for Illmatic and he did this whole orchestra and he was talking about how the universe listens even even the smallest thing you write that you write that something on paper and the universe will do it for you. And he was talking about as something as, as small as like writing that his daughter would be born before his son. And then he thinks of, he, he writes about, he says something like thinking of word, a word best describing my life to name my daughter, my strength, my son, the star will be my resurrection. And it's just like something like that. You know, you may, you may think about, 
think of it as like insignificant at face value. But if you really think about it, like that shit speaks volumes. So like what happens around us and, you know, like I have nothing else to say in regards to that, but it's like, you, you really got to see what you're putting out into the world before. Like that shit, that shit is self-destructive, honestly. Mm-hmm. Once you, you know, for so long, you know, I was, I was unaware. I was unconscious about shit, but now through self-awareness that I've been cultivating more and more on an everyday basis. I try to, you know, as part of my practice, it's just part of not necessarily judging yourself, but just being real with yourself and recognizing where, you know, why certain things are happening rather than pointing the blame. And once you take full responsibility for your life, you can start to make choices that are going to basically manifest your life into different ways, bro. You know, like these, these terms are a lot of like very woo-woo words, bro, but it's crazy because like the further and further I get into these like, you know, understandings and shit like that, it's just so simple the way things work. I mean, bro, what basically Naj just did right there is, is what LeVar Ball did for his sons. Like he yeah. them yeah. into existence, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, you know, I believe that, bro. And it's so crazy, bro, because you just referenced Nas. We talk about LeVar Ball. There's so many successful people that I see on Instagram now. I see, I see these chopped up clips of people. They're talking about exactly what we're talking about, bro. Like, oh, I believe this you know uh early in the game i would and if it took 10 years it took fucking 10 years but i think a lot of times myself included i was i'm very guilty of this bro like i want that microwavable type of result that instant immediate gratification i think that when when you kind of like when you have that type of mindset you're setting yourself up for failure bro you know like you you also talked about it earlier bro everybody's journey is their own you know, we're on our own time, bro. And you also talked about, um, what'd you say? You said, uh, you put a time, uh, you put a time on your success. What'd you I say? I put a timestamp on my success. Yeah, yeah, no, like that's, I'm, I'm sure a lot of other people do that, especially, um, especially in this day and age where it's so easy to see like an instant, like millionaire or whatever on TikTok, And it's like, <sighs> you're doing this. Are you fucking serious? You made that amount of money. And, you know, like I also what I was saying earlier, like you don't know what they what the fuck they went through. Like they could have had like four dicks in their mouth, unfortunately, <laughs> and and we would not know until like ten fifteen years later. And yeah, it's just crazy, man. Yeah, nah, it's it's we live in a world where you know we want results fast, myself yeah. included, bro. I'm guilty yeah. of it, man. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, uh, something that like I I constantly tell myself, bro. Um, you know, as I continue to embark on this journey of podcasting and building my own brand, because, you know, I have my own personal goals that I've written out that I, you know, have defined and clearly outlined. Matter of fact, I'm going to show you this real quick. It's, it's posted up on my wall, man. It's a, nice. it's, it's an affirmation that I read to myself every morning. Um, but it basically just says, I will own and operate a wildly successful brand that is created from the Bless Beyond Measure podcast. And my brand will serve and help millions of people all over the world. And I don't know, you know, like eventually when I'm going to reach that reach, but it's something that like is visually I see every day. I'm speaking it into existence. I'm believing more and more every day, you know what I'm saying? Because it, it does sound very, you know, like, like very unreachable to, to a lot of people. But, and, and, you know, in, in many ways it still is because, um, you know, I'm still very early in this shit, but 
I think that like when you set that intention, you believe in it with your fucking full faith, bro. And you just keep going forward. You keep moving every day. You keep progressing every day, challenging yourself to get better. And in a game like this, bro, it's about just continuously working, bro. Putting in the work, the work don't stop, bro. And, you know, just like you with your comedy thing, bro, you just did a show last night. You, you know what I'm saying? Like you're putting in work behind the scenes. You're working on, you know, getting your studio, all that shit, bro, is eventually going to, you know, help you build the life that you desire, the, the life that you envision for yourself, bro. But you got to stay patient, bro. And I think that like, again, Oof, we, that's we, fucking hard. It is hard. My it patience is, hard. is thin. Yeah, I, I, I'm patient. I'm patiently impatient. Like all I'm, I have patience. Like I, I know the course and, you know, do all this shit, but just like in my mind, I'm like, fuck, this should be where it is now. Mm. Like I should be this, whatever I'm doing should be where, where I am now. Yeah. It's it's wild. It's wild. That's, that's kind of what psychs me out sometimes. You know what though, as you continue to um, practice yoga and, and meditation, bro, as a, as a as a natural kind of like byproduct of like that practice, your patience is going to become more and more because I think it, you know, especially, you know, looking back at when I first started meditating and, you know, uh, pra- I don't practice yoga all the time, but whenever I do, like, um, you know, it's very much tied into meditation and in that space, right? Mm-hmm. But I remember when I first started doing it, it was very hard for me to be grounded in the present moment. My mind was shooting off in all sorts of different directions, right? Yeah. But the more you sit with yourself and the more you kind of like you focus on your breathing and you literally block out that time specifically just to be grounded in that present moment, it becomes easier. And then it starts to become applied into your everyday life. And you know, something I've learned, bro, you can't really describe meditation or, or the meditative practice to anybody. Everybody's experience is going to be their own. But as mm-hmm. I've kind of like progressed in this journey of mine, I recognize just how valuable of a tool. I'm such a huge advocate for, you know, um, it's similar to like going to the gym, working on your fucking muscles. Your your brain is like your most important fucking muscle in your life. My, my opinion. It keeps you young. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I'm constantly, you got to constantly learn. I always say, bro, like if you ain't learning no more, bro, you might as well be dying, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, bro. You know? Like I, I, uh, I, so I finished reading the uh, Nipsey Hussle autobiography, right? Like maybe a couple, like three weeks ago maybe like a month ago now, like I have been kind of lacking in that regard. And as far as like reading and shit like that. So I've been like so ingrained in like comedy and trying to like start the podcast up again. I felt myself getting a little dumber throughout the month. Mm. Like I would just like watch podcasts or listen to podcasts thinking like, Oh no, this is cool. It's a comedy podcast. I'm learning some, but I could feel myself getting a lot slower and I'm like, Oh shit. So the last couple of days I had been trying to go to, barnes and nobles or target or to a book to find the like excuse me to find the next book that i'm gonna read for the month because like i'm like oh fuck i don't want to feel like this and honestly i know at times when i've bombed sometimes my brain will have switched off a little bit and i know it's a result of not staying sharp and that's a part of um preparation that i was talking about like it's not only preparing for the show it's like you know, kind of preparing, like being prepared for life. And I don't want to compare comedy to life, but like, that's the way I'm looking at it. So like, I could see that, okay, my brain's feeling a lot slower because I haven't read. I haven't, all I've been doing is soaking up, like taking like, yeah, soaking up information, not taking it in. 
And like, there's a significant difference when you do that, like taking in information, you're like, you're able to assess it and like regurgitate it out. But like, if you're just, if you're just like taking it in and like not, and like, and just like, it's whatever, it's just content. Like that's when you kind of lose yourself. And that's like where I fuck up sometimes. Yeah, bro. You know, it's, um, we live in a world, bro. It's the age of information, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like we're constantly, uh, at least for me too, especially with, with, um, with Instagram, you get these quick doses you get, but, but, but at the same time, like you, you know, you're learning things, but it's not, you're not getting the full nutrients of the, of that knowledge. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't, it's, from a book. it's a quick, it's a quick hit. Yeah, exactly. And you know, um, I love podcasts, bro, which is one of the main reasons why I obviously created one too, because it is a new form of learning, bro. And, you know, just like anything, like if we were to just kind of like get sucked into the TV and let that kind of be our only source of knowledge, bro, like you're going to, your brain is going to be malnourished. You're not, you're not really like getting that full body workout for your brain, like a book can or like, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's, it's crazy, bro. And obviously like this, this can kind of, branch off into a whole separate discussion because the tv the way it's the way it's designed or what it's evolved into man it's all about Mm -hmm. trying to keep you locked in and watching fucking eight hours a day bro and yeah it turns you into a fucking zombie if you don't catch it bro and there are a lot of us out there bro that you know fall victim to that man but you know that's why like i feel bro especially as like and i hate to like i don't like to use this term too much bro woke you know, talking. We we hear that shit uh-huh. all the time. Yeah, but, yeah. I, but I do honestly feel like I am in a place right now where I I I, I talked about it earlier. I see things a lot more clearly now. Mm-hmm. And you know, although I still make a lot of the same mistakes, I still um, do some things that I know I could be doing better. I still lack self discipline in certain areas. At least I'm aware of certain things. And you know, I, I feel as I continue to develop myself, it's a responsibility. This is part of breaking generational curses, bro. We need to kind of understand where our attention goes. And when we recognize where our attention mm. goes, we can really kind of, we can really like use that to our advantage, bro. Because there's just like the TV, it's like readily available for you with news mongering and everything like that, with a fear mongering and everything like that. There's also so many great resources out there, bro, that can help us become sharper, stay sharper, become better. I mean, bro, like I just picked up this book. It just came in Amazon the other day. Um, it's called uh, Invisible Influence, The Hidden Forces That Shape Behavior. And I just started reading it last night. It's a really good book so far, man. Um, but it's, I'm telling you, bro, you want to know something, it's out there. And if you don't know something, the only person who's at fault is you at the end of the day, bro. You know what I'm talking about? Because mm-hmm. we live in a world right now, bro, where you have access right through your fucking phone. Like, if you don't know something, bro, we can fucking find out right then and right there, bro. You know but that's but that's like the that's like the detriment to it all, though, right? Because you 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 have it at the you have it at the palm of your hand, but you're taking in so much information. You don't know. You're not able. It's it's like being at it's like being at a buffet. You have all these options. You have all these options, but it's it's good food, but it's not like going to. There's probably a lot of ghetto people that listen to your podcast. It's not like going to Mastro's. <laughs> it's not like going to Mastro's and getting that like A1 steak, getting that fucking cream corn or that cream spinach and those fries. Like, 
No, you're at a buffet, you're getting everything, you're getting a little bit of everything, but you can't retain all that information at one time. And all of a sudden, you're just full. Like you don't know why you're full. You don't even know if you if you're satisfied from the meal, but you know, you had a lot of fucking food just now, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. was like, which did taste good at the moment. But did you really like remember the meal? You remember being there at the buffet, but did you really remember the meal? That Mastro's made sure I don't fucking know what it's called, but like you remember that meal. You remember how hearty that meal is. You remember how big that fucking tomahawk steak was. Yeah, absolutely, bro. We we do live in a world where it is hard to differentiate what's good for you and what's not good for you, bro. And you know, the way that marketing is designed nowadays, you got fucking psychology uh geniuses, bro, that understand how to manipulate things and market things to to, yeah. attract, to, to to stimulate your brain and they're getting commissioned bro they're getting fucking commissioned by these big ass companies like bro i i work for a company it's a pretty big company i'll probably tell you offline but they they have their own like top of the line psychologists with from like fucking cornell and like ivy league schools that are assessing their product and the way that they that they corner the market and it's fucking crazy, man. Like they, they pay them a commission specifically for that. They don't even work for the company. They just have them on call and they pay them f- fucking fat f- to do that. That's crazy, bro. Have you seen the uh, social dilemma? Uh, the, the Zuckerberg movie, right? Um, it's a, uh, no, not the social dilemma. No, that's the social network you're talking about. That one's a dope. Oh, movie, the social dilemma. Oh, the social dilemma, the one on Netflix where they where it's like former employees, right? Correct. They, correct. Yeah, yeah, man. Like that's that's fucking crazy. You know, fuck those people, dude. Fuck those people because they built it, knowing what what the consequences would be. I mean, and throughout the entire series, they were talking about, oh yeah, we knew this, we knew that, but they did nothing to stop it or to create like an emergency button in case it got too crazy and then the worst part is they feel they say oh shit we feel bad we feel bad but bro you made your fucking money and left Mm. you did nothing that's a fact bro it's that that shit right there it for those that haven't seen it man i i highly recommend it because you at least have you know whatever your stance is on it right like you at least need to know like the players and what what happened and kind of like how this whole social media thing and all these all these different things develop i mean you think about it bro like there was nobody in charge of like the moral type of like you know restrictions or there was no like every mm-hmm. and at the same time i'm not surprised bro we live in a capitalistic society where everything's built on the almighty dollar bro you know what i'm talking about so it's it's not a surprise either bro but it's just a shame bro and i, I worry about a good portion of the next generation because you know, babies are being born into this shit, bro. You know what I'm saying? As brains are developing at the early stages of life, here's a fucking iPad. Here's a fucking iPhone that has all this crazy shit that is literally, it's like a weapon to to control your fucking mind. If you're not aware of it, you can easily get drowned in that shit. I'm, as I'm, as I'm talking to you, I'm trying to pull up this uh, quote that like fucking, um, that just makes so much sense, bro. But I think it said, um, we're drowning in information, but starving for knowledge. And yeah. I think that's that's so true because there's just like you referenced earlier, bro. There's so much out there. There's so many different resources, platforms, all sorts of different things to access for information. So, and, and like you were referencing with the uh, with the buffet, that's a, a great analogy because 
you know, you compared it to the to the maestros, 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 whatever the fuck. Like that that hearty ass meal from maestros is clearly you're going to be able to be like that. I'm gonna remember that one, and and it's you're gonna carry that experience and that memory with you. But going to the buffet, you don't know if you like the sushi, you don't know if you like the pasta, you don't know if you like the yeah. fucking burger, you don't like the fries, the salad bar, and then you recognize you're full out of nowhere, and then you're just like you're like malnourished at the same time, bro, because like you're just like, you know what I'm saying? It's it's just too much. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And, and that's why this quote makes so much sense, bro. You know, we're drowning in information, but starving for knowledge, like real facts, like real wisdom. Because there's just so many different things out there for us to access. And it's it's just crazy. So you have to be vigilant, I think, bro. Um, and that's why, like, I feel like one of the biggest things that, like, anyone can do for themselves is cultivate a greater sense of self-awareness. Because, you know, bro, you're not going to realize that you need to escape from prison if you if you don't even recognize you're, you're a prisoner. You know what I'm saying? Because these these things tend to trap our mind, bro. There's there's literally people like you mentioned with PhD fucking degrees out there that are building these fucking things that are meant to stimulate your fucking mind, control you, make you buy stuff that you think you need, but you don't really fucking need. You know what I'm saying? And it's it's mm-hmm. all based on capitalism. And I don't want to get too deep into detail about that shit and get onto a crazy ass rant about that shit. But like if you're not aware, you could oh my god you could be swept up in this shit bro and live such an unfulfilled unhappy life and and have to deal with depression and all that shit bro when really shit could be so much simple bro when you have that self-awareness you can understand more and more what makes you feel alive like you you know you know what makes you feel alive is getting on that fucking stage bro yeah you know what i'm talking about and you know a lot of people are you know lacking a sense of direction are lost and it fucking sucks, bro. It really does, you know? I I think I don't think that they're lost or anything. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'll push back a bit. I'll push back on that a little bit. I don't think they're lost. I think the word is they're comfortable. Mm. Mm-hmm. They're comfortable in where they're at, you know. And you know, you could be the richest person and be comfortable. You could be like a broke motherfucker and be comfortable. But mm-hmm. if you sit in your comfort, that's where you get lost. Like, dude. People think that, you know, Doomsday and like Terminator and all this shit are, is like really going to be a fall. And I know, I know these are movies. It's going to be like, that's going to be the technological fall in society. But it, nah, bro, like the more accurate depiction of it all is probably the Matrix, where people are kind of just going about their day, not really questioning things. Um, accepting not only what their government but what technology tells them to accept and that's what kind of like we were talking about earlier that's what kind of creates that divide and that's that's like a concoction in itself of technology and of of like culture like creating that divide and like having us stay apart to not really realize that we like there is bigger shit happening in this world other than like who our next president is um who's breaking up with who like what what fucking what how much did Devin Booker drop tonight which I do I mean I do fucking love basketball but like if you really like you got to take a step back every once in a while like you were saying and fucking smell the roses for lack of a better term because like either way like we're gonna all die either way right but like 
if you really want to live in comfort and just stay there and you're cool with it, like, bro, I mean, it's like you said earlier again, like, you're already fucking dead. Mm. Mm. Nah, that's that's facts, bro. And I agree wholeheartedly with everything you said. You actually uh, reworded everything in a, in a better, more concise way, man. And uh, you know what, man? That movie, The Matrix, is so fucking real, bro. That's like one of my favorite movies ever, bro. Fucking nuts. It, isn't it crazy how fucking movies can like, they, I swear, I feel like that shit's mocking us sometimes, bro. Like it's literally yeah. <laughs> depicting our fucking life. It's putting it out right in front of us and, you know, nothing changes. It seems. It's, it, I, I feel like, you know, with like directors and shit and like write, writers, they're, they're futurists at the end of the day. Mm. And I don't know. I don't want to get into this whole thing about like lizard people and like aliens and shit unless we want unless we can. But it's it's a it's fucking crazy, man, because. These like these entities really decide like, yo, like, yeah, we'll we'll green light this film but i feel like like you said they're just mocking us they're like yeah this shit is already happening to you bro and we're just gonna tell you what you think what you think is gonna happen to you in a couple years but really it's happening to you as we speak and i'm not saying that i'm not a victim of it bro i could be being i could be like a fucking agent of chaos just like sent down to this earth to say all this bullshit (laughs) and i wouldn't even fucking know but like at the end of the day at least you know i got to question it and see what was going on with my life but Mm. yeah man i'm really uh (laughs) like that shit is uh that that movie industry shit is crazy because i really feel like there's something going on in that world where they're not they're just they're not telling us something i mean bro like there's a reason there's an area 51 right there's a reason that all of a sudden like the defense the defense minister of canada is like confirming the the sight of aliens in america and then you know of course people are talking about this entire month that aliens are supposed to come which i'm still waiting for honestly but yeah there's like i don't know dude it's fucking crazy right now i i hope i i'm waiting for these motherfuckers yeah no i hear you bro you know what i think though man we just got to continue to question everything, bro. Don't take things for face value all the fucking time. And, you know, um, you know, I hate to kind of venture off into this whole like conspiracy theorist type of talk because I do have these thoughts as well. And like, I'm like, I question shit, bro. And I'm like, why the fuck is this shit like this, bro? And like, you know, with Hollywood, bro, I mean, they have so many different effects that they can make to really fucking tell it, like bring a story to life, illustrate things like, you know what I'm saying? That that we can't just do like by talking about, bro. And yeah, it could really like it's like a it's a it's a world, it's like a fucking magical world, bro. But I guess, bro, like the biggest thing for me of what I what I always try to like do is question shit, bro, challenge shit, you know what I'm saying? And and mm-hmm. you know, try to see like how fucking valid shit is or how real shit is, bro. And um, you know, it's it's a lot of times, bro, I used to take things for face value, bro. I used to be like, oh, this news source is a more credible business and this and this and this. And there's a lot of us that are in that that space, bro, that just kind of like take everything for face value and don't question shit, bro. And I think that's kind of a dangerous thing to do. Yeah. Because you just don't know who the powers that be really are, bro. You know, like as, I mean, we ain't been on this planet for a long time. Like, like I've only, again, I'm only 37 years old, bro. You know what I'm saying? So like a lot has happened before I got here, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't don't know. I don't, I don't know a lot. That's why I just try to stay open-minded. 
try to question things, try to challenge things and continuously learn, bro. You know what I'm talking about? Give my, mm-hmm. equip myself with the tools, the knowledge, the wisdom, the understanding. That way I can just like, you know, do what I feel like is meant for my purpose. You know what I'm saying? And it's crazy, bro, because <laughs> this whole conversation has been dope because like, it's, it's kind of like jump from this to this to that. <laughs> and I, I kind of figured that was what was going to be between me and you, your fellow podcaster, yourself, bro. And, um, you know, it's just, it's just so cool, bro. Like, but like, you know, anybody that's listening to this, man, that's made it this far into the conversation, definitely, I would always encourage people to just challenge things, bro. You know what I'm saying? And if you have your stance, then, you know, stand on that stance. But at the same time, question it, you know what I'm saying? Don't just take shit for face value because it's dangerous, bro. Like, mm-hmm. I hate to say you know, don't trust nobody because, you know, like, but at the same time, bro, like, you just never fucking know, bro, like, what what direction are we all going in, bro, with all this shit, with this capitalistic shit, what are we building towards, you know what I'm saying? Bro, I'll give you, I'll give you a prime fucking example, so, like, over the years, right, when Trump was president, people had been giving him shit for, like, for, like, meeting up with with putin like yo like this motherfucker's gonna do some crazy he's gonna like i don't know try to assassinate the he's gonna try to assassinate putin or whatever bro joe biden just went and yeah joe biden just went to go see putin not too long ago and they chopped it up like no no news outlets nobody's fucking batting an eye everybody's just thinking it's like a normal thing and that's like the hypocrisy in it both in like in like politics because like bro yo i know trump wasn't the best president or whatever you know he's a piece of shit and that's no excuse like bro like if you're gonna give if you're gonna give trump shit for meeting with putin why isn't it that nobody is batting an eye to to biden and like that's fucking crazy man and i mean fucking just another example is um kamala harris like last week was it like don't come when a year ago, her whole thing was like, yo, if you come to America, we will feed you, we will bathe you, we will clothe you, you know, some Statue of Liberty shit. And now, like, you know, people post it up on Instagram, they, they you know, they put it up on social media, but nobody, like, at the, for the most part, it's like, nobody fucking cares. We just talk about it, and then we move the fuck on. And, you know, nobody, like you said, nobody's questioning it. And that's fucking scary, because we're going to normal, like, yeah one side has their president one side has the power that they want but it's like what what's going to happen is that power now going to be abused because the other side like quote unquote kind of abused it during their during their time and who's to say that that power isn't going to be like what is it uh um, isn't going to shift and create like i don't know not even a democracy anymore like a monarchy or fucking an oligarchy where just like where it's they just like throw away the book and like start over brand new because we're reaching that age where people are getting sick of democracy and you know the shit that that america stands for so who's to say that you know the purge doesn't happen and i'm not fucking kidding when i say that i i wholly believe that that shit that shit may happen soon it may not be government sanctioned but that shit will happen eventually like people are going to start offing themselves like bro in the city like motherfuckers are already killing each other i already saw i saw a video of an old you know everybody knows the story of the old lady that got stabbed but nobody saw the video maybe a lot of people have up until now like a lot of people there there's this old man like these two dudes just walk up to this old man and they stab him and they walk away and it's like 
And the old man is just standing there like shocked. And it's like, fuck, we're reaching that point. It's a scary, it's a scary thing to think about that shit. And, and not only think about it, to see it, like it's, it's actually coming to life and coming to fruition. And, you know, um, I, I want to hold out the belief that like things can get better and will get better. I mean, they definitely can get better because any adversity, any type of challenging situation, it's, it's really just an opportunity in disguise for something else to happen. But, you know, we are living in some precarious times right now where, you know, the sensitivity of things and the violence and, you know, all these different, the disagreements to just like polarization, the two different ends of the spectrum, all these different things, bro, just the divide in general, bro, it is a scary place, bro. And um, I do want to believe though, right now, especially as the doors are starting to open from this fucking pandemic mm-hmm. that like, that like, hopefully, bro, as time progresses, and especially as like people have like evolved and like, cause similar to, similar to you, bro, I took this whole past year to, to try to level up my mentality as much as I could, bro. You know, I, uh, I was, uh, among many of us that, uh, had to lose my job because of, you know, the pandemic and everything like that. And, mm-hmm. but it also forced me to learn more about myself, learn more about what means something to myself, man. And, I guess, I guess I'm just saying that to say, I'm saying that to say that like with, with everything going on right now, bro, it's, God damn, dude. It's just so heavy, dude. It's so mm-hmm. fucking heavy, bro. Like with all this shit, man, that like at a certain point, I've kind of made it my point to just kind of like make sure that I'm not, I'm not overly immersing myself in this shit, inundating myself with like, a lot of this crazy shit because I noticed what that does to my energy. It doesn't mean to say that I don't give a fuck or like I'm heartless and I don't care about what's going on. I'm- you just got to save yourself from yourself at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like I mentioned earlier, bro, I, I, I try to remain optimistic with things, bro. And sometimes it's really hard to do, bro, because like, yeah. you know, you just see what's out, what's happening out there on the news. But I firmly believe in my heart that like there's a ton of great people out there that are doing great work that are putting out great energy it's probably even more so than the negative but we just see that all because we see the phone and not to say it's not happening because it's fucking happening right like there's no denying that but with the access that we have on these phones and on the tv just a 24 hours 24 hour news cycle of fear-mongering and then you think about like the news and you know like the agendas behind it the political agendas the the fucking money Mm -hmm. that they make the ratings that they generate all these different things and then you got millions upon millions of people that are tuned in and imagine the effect that it's having on somebody's brain bro and it's kind of like what's dangerous about that to me is it's like it's really like taking the ability away from a lot of us to think for ourselves and 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 formulate our own opinions and and really create our own dialogue and find rather than look at things that are going wrong what can we find what what are ways that we can find to kind of like mend this shit because we talked about it earlier bro we're so fucking divided and it's it's a scary place to be i don't know what's gonna happen bro i i'm not a fucking i can't predict the future you know what i'm saying all i can do is control this very moment right now that i'm in control what i can control and um you know pray to god that shit works out the best bro but yeah you know uh 
I just kind of went on a crazy ass tangent, man, because it, there is this level nah, of frustration. Nah, go off, bro. There's there's this level of frustration in me, bro, with with everything that's been happening, bro, and it breaks my fucking heart, bro, to, with the violence, and you know, people are just like, they're just shell shocked, man. You know what I'm saying? It's it's scary, they're dude. they're. You know, well, the way I see it is like people are going back to their primal state and like this isn't like um, this isn't like based on race. This is based on being a human like people are reverting back to their primal state on how to survive in this world. You know, like a thousand, a hundred thousand or whatever years ago, we were hunters, you know, and like you keep motherfuckers cooped up like this. And I feel like, dude, like, you know, there have been reports now that. Wuhan had a corona had a corona um a corona like center like science center and that's how it got leaked because like some people got sick and then they went to the hospital and then that's how it all spread right but I feel like this whole year now that I look back on it, it was like some type of crazy social experiment and uh fuck what was I saying um I kind of lost my train of thought crazy but- social experiment no, 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 before that. Um <laughs> uh, the Wuhan Center? No, before that. Um fuck. <laughs> I, I lost my whole train of thought on that. That shit one. happens to be all the fucking but time. I had a super brain fart. But no, like I, I really feel like this whole year was a social experiment on how like and it 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 allowed the government and like the powers that, that be to really see like how much can we actually get away with? Like how much how much chaos can we actually cause? And like, bro, if you think that this, like things like this aren't planned, like you are fucking delusional. I'm like, bro, there's no reason. And everybody says this. There's no reason that there should be a, a vaccine like seven, eight months outside, like after the pandemic starts, you know, like that's just fucking unheard of with if they already didn't have the vaccine working. And if they already didn't have like, the the um the disease in place you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and i just feel like this was a crazy social experiment to like just test our psych like test our psyche as a society oh oh, this is my main point like yo if you keep people inside for a whole year and you keep them isolated it drives people crazy that's why people in an insane asylum you keep them isolated like that they don't get better they get fucking crazier and that's what that's what i'm talking about like you keep people inside like everybody's going fucking nuts now i am outside like i'm going so fucking crazy i'm letting people spit in my mouth i'm going crazy like i don't give <laughs> like i'm go i don't give a fuck bro but like people like i said people are going back to their primal state they're going back to like hunter gatherer type shit you know Mm -hmm. and that is scary because we're supposed to be like a reformed or like advanced society but like you keep motherfuckers locked up like that plus they're jobless plus they gotta feed their families you don't know the human condition you don't know how far someone's willing to go to do this bro Mm -hmm. i was i work um i work for a company we do a lot of testing I was in a parking lot in a, you know, the Fisherman's Wharf $30 parking lots uh, mm-hmm. right, right over there. I was parked. I was waiting for my team to come and I saw a bip right ha- happen right in front of me, like two cars ahead. And I looked at him. He looked at me and I just looked down. I kept reading and he went back. So uh, the team went back. They got another car 
And then uh, they, they left again. They came back. They looked at me. And then I saw that they came back. I looked at them. And we just stared each other down. And it was like one of those mutual understandings. Like, bro, don't touch my fucking car. Because I just saw you. Like, I'm going to let you do you. So you let me do me and leave my car the fuck alone. Like, and we're good. And, you know, that's not, that's like not the prime example. But, you know, those are the lengths that people are willing to go to if you push them far enough. And, like, these, like, these attacks on the Asian American community, fucking unfortunate. This is not only the doing of like, you know, the shit that Trump was saying the past year. Like this is people like going fucking crazy. They're, these are their minds reverting back into a, a crazy primal state. Dude. I mean, we're social creatures by nature, bro. Mm-hmm. You fucking put us away. Like we, for like a whole year, I wasn't able to hug my grandma, bro. I mean, that's just crazy, bro. Like the fact that like this even I can't I still to this day I can't believe that shit actually happened. They really fucking kept us in the house for this fucking long. I mean, I looked at it as like a like a huge shift in humanity, bro. I don't you know whether it was staged and planned, I don't know. And I kind of do believe it was, to be a hundred percent honest with you. Like if I'm sharing my true feelings, I fucking believe it was because and then or if, or it could have also been, you know, just like, cause, cause the two sides in fucking politics never fucking can see eye to eye, bro. As much as mm-hmm. like they try to work together, it, it never fucking works, bro. So this could have just been a natural kind of like, you know, s- something that happened naturally as a part of as a part of them just disagreeing so fucking much. But either fucking way, bro, they kept us in the house for over a fucking year, bro. People Crazy. lost their jobs. People, you know, it was fucking hella hard to access edd all these different things bro and you know they're and then imagine they had us climbing on top of each other bro it was like it was like a scene out of world war z you seen world war z yes i have it was like all those fucking zombies climbing on top of a wall dude we were fucking hoarding all those all the fucking you know toilet paper toilet paper and all this bro it's it's so and you know what you may very well be right and and i say this because um Bro, it could have very much been a social experience just to see how much how how much control they have over us as a population as yeah. a mass you know what i'm saying and and shit god forbid bro and i don't want them to ever do it again but like i was having this conversation the other day bro like remember how like earlier on in the pandemic they kind of like loosened things up for a little bit they kind of like let the restaurants open up and then they closed it down again and all that shit bro yeah like i was thinking to myself if they were to do that shit again bro there will probably be a whole ass uprise, bro. You know, because there's a lot of people that are frustrated, that are angry, that are like, fuck that. You know what I mean? Because again, we're social fucking creatures, bro. We're going to go nuts if we're just in the house all the fucking time. I got to get outside the house, bro. It's just not healthy, bro. You got to be able to socialize with other people, bro, and connect with other people. Human connections mm-hmm. is very fucking important, bro. And I don't know, bro. Like, that's why, like, I feel like a lot of this shit is happening, bro. There's just like, people doing some crazy ass shit out there yeah. bro i mean out here in the bay area especially bipping bro breaking into fucking cars bro that's just like a natural part of the culture now bro and like yeah wow, it, it, seeing glass on the floor is like an everyday thing now nobody's tripping off of it like like i said bro like it's become so common like i just look at the people i, I i've i've seen it like two or three times and i'm just like all right bro i'm just gonna mind my own fucking business because at the end of the day like at the end of the day people gotta eat and there is a there is a crazy class divide right now 
there's no middle class anymore or it's it's like dwindling there's only the haves and the have nots mm. it's like a scene it's like the scene out of um the dark knight rises mm. where you saw the the bourgeoisie like living it up having a good time but once that power was taken away from them and the poor realized that they had the numbers all hell broke fucking loose God and damn. you know it and it sooner or later it won't be a it won't be a color divide that is going to keep us apart it's going to be a complete class divide and that is fucking scary because just like in the movie there are way more poor people bro there are way more poor people per capita than there are rich and you can only imagine what desperate people willing are willing to do and have already done damn that's again these fucking movies mocking us bro i mean they're basically just laying it right there in front of us man and it's just so crazy how accurate they are man and um jesus christ it is a scary thing to kind of think about man and again i try to lean into my optimism hey you could you maybe i'm fucking you know maybe i'm just seeing things but like i just try my very best to to remain optimistic man and and believe in in the good side of things man and this very well (laughs) good on you bro i can't do it i i I err on the side of caution like i'm always so pessimistic bro like and that's just like my guard up you know what i mean like i try to look at the positives but i'm just like (laughs) (laughs) hey but it's it's, you're right though because you also got to question things too bro you always got to be like be aware of like all the different possibilities that can come about and you know I just try to reel in my mind sometimes as much as possible, which is why I made like for me personally, I don't watch the news anymore, bro. Again, you know, some things, if it's really important, it makes it into my, you know, field of consumption. You know what I'm saying? And I eventually know, like if, if I hear a meteor's fucking coming at us, I'm going to fucking know about that shit. Right. <laughs> but like, as far as like totally inundating myself with some of the stuff that's out there man like it's a very dangerous thing for my mind because i can totally get swept up and lost in that shit and it'll fuck up my whole energy bro i'll fall into a deep path of depression just because i'll I'll become i'll become i'll feel like dude there's there's no point to fucking living because everything's coming to shit bro and yeah it's it's like a choice in the matter for me where it's just like bro do i want to like live that way or do i want to be like bro just just believe that there there's always something that that can be better you know what i'm saying there's always something better that can happen bro because i think that like faith faith and hope that's a practice too bro you like optimism that's a practice too bro like making that conscious choice man and it's fucking hard in a world like today bro for damn sure especially with these devices and the tv like we've been fucking pointing out throughout this conversation like just how they're designed to fucking like make our minds feel and make us feel about like you know how the world is but i firmly believe bro that you know for everything bad that's happening bro there's even more good out there it just doesn't get televised if you look at like the way the news is bro what what captivates people the most oh fucking crazy ass shit the drama yeah the drama all the all the crazy ass shit you're not gonna fucking get somebody that's like you know helping the old lady across the street with her groceries or you know that's not that's not sexy bro that's not like something that's gonna stimulate your mind but and and if you look at the news, bro, they're you know they make their money off of ratings. Have you ever seen that movie, uh, Nightwalker, or Nightcrawler? Uh, no, no, no. But I heard it's really fucking good. Uh, that's when like Ryan Gosling's like a journalist, right? Or, it's uh, uh, it's uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal. 
fucking you did like crazy, the journeys, bro. right? Yeah, it's fucking crazy. I, I recommend it just because we're talking about this right now. Because, I mean, dude, there was, I don't want to give any spoilers, but like, you know, he was like an up and coming journalist, and like, you know, it's all about getting to the scene first if you're a news source, right? Like, yeah. it's like if there's like a crazy ass murder or something like that, if you get there and you fucking you you break the story first, you're gonna get rewarded rewarded you know through compensation yeah. all this stuff so like you know it's it's just so crazy like the way that things are structured and then you look at that bro and you break that down and that's that's what made me recognize like the news ain't doing nothing for me bro like i mm. swear to god like i believe it's i believe it's 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 very important to be aware and informed but you also got to be able to question shit bro and you got to recognize like the agendas that certain people certain things have that's why i'm just like constantly questioning everything bro and then through that questioning further along as i've gotten into it i've started to realize like you know what bro i gotta make a choice here where my you know where my energy goes like i i I have a choice in the matter you know what i'm saying where you know whatever i'm like consuming it's all up to me you know what i'm saying and if i'm consuming negative news shit all the time that's like a cancer on me, bro. Like it's just gonna, for, at least for my personality, mm-hmm. because like I'm a, uh, I'm an empath, bro. I can feel like you know energies hella, hella strongly, man. You know what I'm talking about. And if I if I allow myself to just like watch Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, any one of these fucking ones, bro, or even just like have an app on my phone that's constantly constantly alerting me, it's gonna create this like fucking this fear this fucking um anxiety all these different things that are not serving me in my highest form it's not helping me elevate to get to that next level of where i want to get like if if i if i was constantly immersing myself in the news bro i wouldn't be able to be as positive as i try to be as much as possible bro Mm -hmm. because again like i mentioned to you in the beginning one of the main reasons for this podcast is to generate as much like positive energy as much as possible bro that's a very hard thing to do but i feel like it's important especially in today's world where there is so much fucking chaos bro and you know if uh if i can do even just a sliver that like give a little bit of hope and a little little bit of positivity then i'm doing my job bro you know what i'm saying so it might seem like a a far-fetched type of idea and shit like that but it's something that i feel like you know what bro it might be the reason why i'm still here bro (laughs) you know what i'm saying no no straight up man like that's a no, that's that's not too crazy. Like you gotta you gotta think big when it comes to these things, bro. Like I'll I'll give you one example of like one of the first things I ever like one of the first things I started feeling when I, I I'm not an empath or anything, but like when I started feeling outside of myself, bro. Like a couple of weeks ago, you know the the San Jose uh train accident, the shooting, mm-hmm. bro. So we were actually working downtown, like that morning my wow. my team and i we were we were close right there and I, all you could hear is the sirens and see the fucking cops and the uh, ambulances like zoom by and it was fucking crazy and then we read the, we uh we get a message from our we get a message from our team leader like yo we're gonna actually move you guys um we're gonna move you guys to another location for testing today like you know some shit just went down and then they sent us the video and the link and then, like, that was one of the first times where I was just like, oh, fuck. Like, damn. Like, I felt really fucking bad that day. Like, because, you know, nothing happened to me. I was safe. But then just, like, to think of those people and, like, how close we were, I was just like, yeah. fuck, dude. I was like, damn, I really fucking felt. I Like, I felt for those people. And, like, 
honestly, like, like that was the first, like I always, you know, I feel bad for people. You know, I don't want to say I feel bad, but like I'm saddened by people. But that was the first time I was like, wow, like that shit fucking hit me hard. And like, yeah. I don't, I didn't even know these people at all. And it's yeah. just like, damn, it's like a fucked up situation. And, you know, you get into that story and then what had happened is like, fuck, man, the, his victims did not deserve that shit. And it was fucking crazy, dude. Yeah, it's a sad thing, bro. Rest in peace to all the victims, man. And, you know, all the all the suffering and the pain and all the, the violence that's happening out in this world, bro. Like, it, it just sucks, bro. And um, that's why you, you got to keep doing your work, bro. Like, you got to keep doing this. Thank man. you, bro. Like, Thank hell you. Bro. Yeah. Like it. Like I was telling you earlier, like about the um about comedy, like you start podcasting now, bro, like this is when you start like there is no timetable for success like don't be like me and put a timestamp on like where your sex like where you think success is supposed to be because that just you know that that honestly creates like anxiety delusions fucking a lot of heartache and trust me i've been it's not just comedy or podcasting that i've been through that with it's like other endeavors that i've like pursued in my life it's just like fuck man like i should have done this better and then i could have got this result and i'm just like okay like now i've been able to step back and realize okay like this is the journey like as long as you put your nose to the nose to the ground and like really invest in yourself like you'll be good bro like you got this man right on i appreciate that bro and right back at you man like i told you earlier bro the conviction that you have when you speak about your passions which is clearly comedy and podcasting and the vision that you are you've you've clearly set the intention of bringing to life it's already happening the wheels are in motion for you bro and you just got to keep fucking going bro lean in and tap into like resources that you feel intuitively that will help you because again there is a lot of knowledge there's a lot of information out there but you got to be selective about what you consume right and Mm -hmm. i think that like you know similar to what we were saying bro with the law of attraction bro like as you progress and you move forward so many more resources will present themselves i mean look at look at just the way we met bro to be dead ass like that's that's the law of attraction you're a podcaster i'm a podcaster bro and it's just like bro it just it just happened you know i'm talking about like and more I, i swear to god i have tons of examples of like how this happened bro like as i've continued to again embark on my journey and go further and further into this process bro so many different resources have like presented themselves to me, bro. That is clearly the fucking law of attraction, bro. When yeah. you know, just like in the alchemist, bro, when you know what the fuck you want to do, like the universe conspires in your favor, bro. And mm-hmm. it's again, it sounds fucking woo woo, bro. But I don't give a fuck because it's so fucking true, but bro. It's true. It's like the corny, true. the corniest sayings are like the truest ones. Yeah. Like they're fucking, they're cliches for a reason. <laughs> That's a fact, bro. And you know what, bro? Like, I think something that we've been really talking about a lot in this conversation is just fucking, you know, just just keep developing yourself, bro. You know what I'm talking about? Like, and, you know, I think that just your awareness of like putting that timestamp on your success is already a huge progress, you know, progressive move in your favor that you're aware of it. And then when you're aware of it, you can start to recognize like when it is starting to work in your, de- you know, against you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then you can be like, you know what? Fuck that. Again, you're not running a race against anybody else, but yourself. It's you versus you, bro. And that's something I got to constantly tell myself every single day, bro. But, um, yeah. You know, and then one of these days, bro, like the, the payoff, like you're going to be like, damn, look at what I built, bro. I mean, 
think about Drake, bro. He just won Artist of the Decade, bro. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe his ambitions, maybe he did recognize that he was going to get to this place at some point. And maybe you do have to have this sense of belief that, like, is is unbreakable, unshakable to the point where, like, you see nothing else but that end goal. But maybe he didn't. Maybe he just kept working. Maybe he, like, knew exactly what he wanted to do, dedicate himself to his craft, and look at what he's fucking built, bro. I mean, you look back at some of his old work and you compare it to some of his new work right now, and it's just like, I mean, his his old work was amazing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but, like, yeah. His shit is so refined now, bro. Like, it's just like, when he's on a track, he is so, like, just... He's sharp as as they come, bro. You gotta put people in your corner, bro. You gotta you gotta have people who are in your corner. I was reading this thing the other day where they were talking. It was like a little meme or something. Or somebody put it up on like Facebook or some shit. They said, you know, it takes six to eight people to put to carry your casket. Imagine if there there were six to eight people in your corner all the time. Damn. And like you know, like you you can't force somebody into your corner, but like if you get those like few who really believe in your vision and not just believe in your vision because like um, in the sense where, you know, they want to ride your coattails, but they want to help you get to that stage, bro. Like that's fucking amazing. That's why I was talking about my boy earlier. Shout out Justin, bro. Like he's a one mem- one new member of my team and that shit, that shit like jolted, like jolted energy into me, like saying like, okay, like, I have somebody who really who believes in me and you know I'm not expecting him to do all the work cuz that's that's fucked up but it's like okay it it's going to force me to be able to um to level myself up and level the podcast up and not only think about myself but like have to but like have to think about him and you know what what I can do to help him out to help me out like help me help you help me <laughs> but it's like you know not not in a not in a selfish way, but it's like now I can level up. I can think about other things when like I got somebody in my corner to help me do like little like little things where I don't have to worry about as much, you know. So like, you know, you got to build a team around you, man. And to Facts. get on to, to like be around like Drake had like he had Kuya, he had Nico, he got a uh, he had Lil Wayne that believed in him. He got like Young Money. And, you know, it's all building and stepping stones. But, like, bro, like, if you put that right team around you, and I got a great group of friends, amazing group of friends, and, you know, they are my team, but they're not my team team where I can depend on them to do to help me put in this grind because, like, Mm -hmm. that's not what I – that's not what I'm asking of them. But, like, once you find that team of people, it's like, fuck, okay, like, we can really take this because that's – you know, I used to be of this notion, like, yo, you can – I mean, I think this is very Filipino as well, like – you you can go you can do this shit on your own you can go at it alone and you know it's i've come to learn that like while that is good and well in some regard in like some phases of your life like if you want to make it in like you know say entertainment or you know sports or whatever like in certain areas of life you're going to need a team with you to like build you up and to like not only just to push you to keep working but just to tell you like yo like you're slacking right now like Oh, okay. Like, let me help you do this because it's gonna help us get to there. Mm-hmm. You know, you gotta have that core team, and like, you know, I'm I'm grateful that I got a lot of people that are on my side, and I just hope I can like be able to build up more, and you know, more people really fuck with the vision, and you know, want to hop on honestly, and you know, I don't need that, but it would be cool to. Oh it would yeah, be cool to have just because 
like I said earlier, you know, I'm not in it to be fucking selfish. If I got $75 out of something, I'll give, you know, three, two or three of my homies 25 each. And then we're all, we're out. You did say that, bro. And that's important because, you know, like when one eats, we all eat, bro. I, I look at it the same way, man. And, you know, those that, that have been fucking with me, bro, like, and that's actually one of my biggest motivators, bro, is to, is to be able to put everybody on. Like, I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't make that at like my, my responsibility or anything like that. But if I ever get myself into a position of like high success, like I do imagine myself to be in, mm-hmm. you know, it's not just going to be about me, bro. I want to put all my folks on my family yeah. and my friends, the people that have been rocking with me since my day ones, and even my new folks that be fucking with me, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, what you were describing too, bro, very much is like the same idea of like, you know, you, you, you were able to kind of separate, like you differentiated, like your ride or die friends and shit, like, and and the other group of people that are there to help you build your vision that you can kind of rely on for that to do the work and everything like that right that's the same concept of like having an accountability partner or like a or just somebody like a trainer uh you know i'm saying or just somebody like people on your team that are like are are in charge of certain things but like when you're held accountable like you were talking about your one homie i believe you said his name was justin Mm -hmm. like you're like oh shit this is forcing me to level up like as he elevates like yo I want to fucking do the same thing, bro. Cause iron sharpens iron, bro. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. Thank God, bro. You know, I thank God all the time. And I'm very grateful for all the people in my life. And you know, the people that have been with me forever and the people that have been rocking with me, like hella more recently, bro. Like, you know, like we, we see the vision, we hold each other accountable. We sharpen each other up. We keep each other sharp. We try to, you know, catch each other when we're slipping all that type of shit. You know, we, we, we're real with each other. And I think these are all, critical and key components to building and 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 really bringing that whole vision to life bro and you know what man it's uh something i've also learned too to add to what we're talking about bro you gotta embrace and love the journey bro there's gonna be painful fucking moments Mm -hmm. bro you Mm -hmm. gotta fucking learn to love this shit because you know what we're very privileged to even be in this position to get to do what we're doing bro to get to build this shit bro and you know what i'm saying like it's 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 amazing when if you wrap your mind around it bro like Again, similar to you, bro, like like I was telling you earlier, bro, like I put myself in a lot of harmful situations that you know, <laughs> I, probably, I probably might not, probably shouldn't have made it out alive. And the fact that I'm still here breathing and doing what I got to do, I got my health intact, thank God. I got my people with me, every, every everything like that, bro. It, it's, bro. All for, it's all for a bigger reason, bro. Bro, I, I know I was meant to do something, bro, because uh, it's going to take a crazy turn. I almost died twice in my life, like legit, not just like, oh my God, I almost died. Now, like I almost died from internal bleeding two, two, two separate times. And, uh, you know, by like a small miracle, like both times I made it out and like stitched up and cool. So it's like, and this happened at a young age. I think it happened when I was like 13. And then again, when I was like 19, but you know, I, you know, I always did think I was meant for something, but I also did use that as an excuse to say like, yo, I made it. I survived. Like I'm, I'm owed these things. Like, and I was kind of like bitter, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a fine line between being, knowing what you're owed and feeling like you're owed something. Mm-hmm. You feel that? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I do. And you, and you, uh, and for a while I thought, felt like I was owed that I didn't have to put in the work and do what I and like and like things were just going to come to me but now it's like okay these things happened now it's just like a part of my story Mm -hmm. and really like okay 
I can, uh, I can move on from this. Like I've gone past it. Like it was, it's a, it's a, it's just now a reminder, like, yo, you could have, you could have died, but you're here. Still, so like do fucking do something about it. Do something with it. Yeah. No, I feel you, bro. And, um, you know, what you were saying as you were speaking about that, man, like, and thank you for sharing that story, bro. Real talk, man. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's, that's amazing. And, and thank God you're still here, bro. Cause you know what I'm saying? You got bigger and better things to do while you were left yeah. on this earth, bro. But you know, that's so relatable because, uh, I don't know if you know this about me, but, um, probably not because we just, we just met like last week, but like, uh, I've met, I've mentioned it in several of my podcasts. I'm, I'm a former cancer survivor, bro. So aside from putting myself in like situations that were harmful, where I've been shot at, I've been in crazy ass fights where like I hit my motherfucking head, all this shit. And then I, I had cancer. So I was basically trying to kill myself, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Unconsciously. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, I, I relate to so much of what you said, because after I got out of cancer, bro, or actually rewind a little bit when I was going through cancer, I was, I was telling myself, I was telling God, like, God, please just get me through this shit. Like, I promise I'll change my life. I promise I'll change my life. But at the end of the thing, at the end of my whole chemotherapy process, and I finally made it to the end of it. And, uh, you know, I kind of reverted back to my old ways because, because like there was a certain part of me that was like, oh yeah, I just, I paid all my dues. I fucking, you know, mm-hmm. I, I fucking suffered hella much by going through this cancer shit, bro. And I used to kind of be almost, it was like a, it was like a privileged mindset. It was like, oh, I did all this shit, bro. Everything that's coming to me, I already fucking paid my dues. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then I recognized that was not the mindset that was going to get me the life that I desired. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, yeah. I had, I had to kind of go through that loop again of like putting myself in stupid shit again, bro. And, you know, they say that like, Life is going to keep bringing you the lessons until you fucking learn that motherfucker, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, life is just going to keep throwing you the same fucking series of tests until you fucking learn that shit. And I've always been that way. It's weird. My personality has always been I had to fall on my ass, like, however many times to learn the fucking lesson. And, you know, I just thank God that I learned the lesson. And now I'm trying to be a lot more, um, you know, I try to pick things up a little bit faster. That way I ain't got to fucking waste no time. And, you know, I can get to my end destination mm-hmm. a lot quicker, you know what I'm saying? And similar to what you said, bro, I take that as part of my story and as part of my, you know, like what I can do to inspire other people, bro. Cause what you said right there, again, thank you for sharing that life story with us because I always encourage people to share their story because you don't know how it's going to relate to somebody and what it's going to do to inspire them to, you know, if somebody's on the fence about doing something that they've always wanted to do for so long and they might hear your story and it could just spark that inspiration in them and be like, dude, that story sounds just like mine. You know what? I, I hope it does. Yeah. And you know what? It will, bro. Whether we know it or not, at some point, bro, like, like, I got a lot of little cousins, you know, I got a lot of young homies, all that shit, bro. And all I try to do, man, is live my life the best way that I can in hopes of inspiring other people, bro. I'm not better nor worse than anybody else. But at the same time, like as you referenced it earlier, bro, trying to get 1% better every day. As I continue to do that every single day, bro, I rise. And in turn, the people around me rise too, because like they're getting inspired. They see the change in me, bro. And similar, I'm sure that's happening with people around you as well whether they say it or not bro the more you push yourself bro it's inevitable that people are going to be like you know what i gotta fucking push myself too bro like what excuse do i have you know wally done been through all this shit you know what i'm saying it's not like you calling them out but you calling them out by fucking elevating yourself bro you know what i'm talking about 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm gonna say this for my people. These motherfuckers hate me, so I don't know if I inspire them too much. <laughs> like I said, these are uh, these motherfuckers hate me a lot. I talked I I talked a lot of shit. I've said a lot of things. So they love they love me, but they don't like me. <laughs> and that's cool with me. Just keep that's coming to my like- shows and support. Just keep coming to my shows and supporting me, and we gonna get there. Hey, that's some real shit, bro. <laughs> man, that's hella funny, bro. Hey, man, but honestly, bro, you know what I'm saying? Before we get up out of here, because we are, bro, dude, it's 5.30, bro. I think we got on the line at like 3.30. Oh, this is shit. definitely a fucking journalism type of uh, conversation. Yeah, and you know that's how a- it gets, bro. You know what I'm talking about with this podcasting, but that's the beauty of it. We could talk. We could, we could sit here and talk for as long as we want, but before we get up out of here, man, I want to say thank you again. And is there anything else that you wanted to kind of, you know, chop it up about before we wrap shit up, bro? Shit, nah, let's end it on that. I feel like we had a, I think the last thing you said was really good. So, like, let's finish it on that, man. Yeah, good shit, bro. And and we definitely going to connect, bro. And, uh, you know, um, make this shit happen again. I'm looking forward to when you get that studio going and shit Hell like yeah. that, bro. And, uh, you know, I foresee a lot of big things coming for you, bro. You know, and. Um, thank you, thank you. And, and, you know, for, for, for those that are out there, you know, searching for what it is that they want to do, I advise you to go within yourself and figure out what, what motivates you, what drives you, what inspires you, what makes you feel alive. Like my boy Wally right here, man, this dude getting on stage. Like he, <laughs> he called it, he called it like he'd never done crack, but like, it basically was crack to him. It's bro. crack. <laughs> it's crack. Find, find your crack. Yes, Don't sir. find crack, but find your crack. I'm dead, bro. But shit, man. On that note, my dude, thank you so much for tuning in to the Blessed Beyond Measure podcast. Wally, thank you again for joining us, bro. We're going to make this happen again, man. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Right on for having me on, Chris. I appreciate it, bro. Of course, bro. Thank you for your time. Let me turn this off.